Ninja Turtles meet Nintendo, Stanley Tucci gets his puck on, and the end of everything! Just kidding. Uh, all that more this week on 30-20-10. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's pop culture time machine each week taking you 30 20 and 10 years back into the past of movies tvs news video games all pop culture related minutia and this week we'll be covering may 10th through the 16th in the years of 1989 1999 and 2009 we'll be able to find out where you were what you were doing and probably who you were in love with yeah that's a big that's a big promise this year another big promise went back in the world uh, all worked on the same tv schedule i did think this was it felt like a like a funeral because you'd have like a period of like a week and a half where like dozens of shows would end forever. Yeah. And that is what happens this week. It's true. We are at the end of the conventional network season. So like a bunch of bona fide classics just cut the cord this mm-hmm. week. Uh, and, and, and we're not going to be able to talk about all of them in any satisfactory way. So <laughs> so be warned. Strap we're just in. telling you that they happen. I'm sure I'll go to the AV club. I'm sure they got something up for you. Maybe split cider. Uh, but uh, 30, 20, 10. This has to cover everything. Uh, and this week, the movies are ridiculous, especially in the 80s. Uh, I can't wait to tell you more about it. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? Uh, I'm Joan Collins' shoulder pads, Diana Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Sarah, Ronald Reagan's favorite show. What? Okay, I can't wait to find out what that means. Uh, uh, but in a big, big bunch of SNL treats. I feel like if you uh, mm-hmm. watch the show this week, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So stay tuned, people. But beginning as we always do in 1989, May 10th through the 16th, movies, movies, movies. Um, what was what was recently number one? Feel the Dreams was number one mm-hmm. for the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. That has been for unseated. Like a week. For like a week. And yeah. It, is, it has kind been un- of shocking that it's dropped already. Well, it's been unseated by a movie I thought came out much earlier that feels like a fucking 70s movie, not a movie yeah. up at the end of the 90s. In fact, I think if you went back to watch any of the movies you're going to talk about, you would not know the 1990s are coming because these all look really old and weird. It's true. It is, uh, it is, yeah. it is crushingly true. Um, well, that may not be the case with Black Rain. No, not the Christian no, the- Slater Flood movie. Uh, and not the no. Michael Douglas Japan one? No, that's the thing. Mike, we have two movies called Black Rain this year, wow. both about Japan. Oh, wow. <laughs> I Where? have seen the this Michael is, Douglas one. Me too. It's not the Michael Douglas one. We'll get to that later. This is the Shohei Imamura one, which is fantastic, but it's also in black and white. So yes, you could think it's from a completely different era. Wow. I did not realize it was as recent as it is. Yeah. Um, I, it is a gorgeous movie about the actual black rain, not a metaphorical one. Uh, about a girl who's outside of Hiroshima when the bomb drops and there's this inky black oh rain God. that fell. And she gets caught in it, and then she goes back to her village, and she's treated like, kind of like a leper. Like there's something wrong with her because she she was near the thing, Ooh. and so she's like an outcast. And then she meets up with like other outcasts, and they support each other. And it's it's a really beautiful movie. Okay, that's going to be a tough transition into the movie. It's an incredibly bizarre transition to the <laughs> other movies we're talking about. This is just so, I mean, this is just the diamond on a literal pile of dog poop. Yeah, because this movie in particular, like it feels like it, it feels like it was made on whatever bet got us Manos, the hands of fate. (laughs) And and, and mostly because, mostly because everyone lived in this one. (laughs) Yeah. And mostly because they have the, 
apparently the exact same sound guy. Because mm. Adam Sandler's Going Overboard, which is what every one of you will know it as. I meant to look it up beforehand. It does. It did come out under a different name that I'm sure you didn't see it as. Mm-hmm. But Adam mm-hmm. Sandler was a young comedian plucked to be in this movie years before SNL. They have yeah. no. They have no sound. He, and he goes on a cruise ship. Shenanigans ensue. And all the sound is post-production. And it's what? very, very obvious. It looks like it's filmed on a camcorder through most of it. It is so low budget. But Adam Sandler was so fucking famous for, for like a 10-year period. They re-released this movie with just like a huge picture of him shrugging on the on the, on the the bow yeah. of a ship. Uh, and it, it it's you've seen it. You've probably seen it when walking around in a Best Buy or, hmm. dare I say, a Blockbuster. But it is... It is, yes. yes. They gave it a, a much bigger VHS release in 96, mm-hmm. and the ad, that's where I found an ad for it, and it's like, you loved Happy Gilmore. Right. You love blah, blah, blah. Want to see this piece of crap he made, like, for his friend? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Burt Young and Milton Berle and a bunch of other of Adam Sandler's friends, I'm hearing. Um, yeah, uh, a bunch of people that have since directed his movies or co-written his movies, like, still, like, people he still helps employ. Wow. Wow. That's nice. You know, you got your Stephen Brills in there and stuff. To be Adam Sandler's best friend. I mean, I I love dunking on him all the time, but he does sound like he's a very loyal friend. No, that's why I... I'll give him that one. I've never... I I can't hate his movies because I love... I love the first ones and I know what I loved about them. Mm-hmm. And part of that was just a bunch of people goofing around, having a good time, not really caring that much about coherence mm-hmm. or breaking reality and like... It was funny in Billy Madison. I don't know why we hate it now that it's happening in Little Nicky, but the world turned on him, and I love that he just hosted SNL, was pretty good on it, returned for the first time in tw- almost 20 years, and uh, he's having a little renaissance because his, his comedy special, 100% Fresh, is so fucking good. Mm. And then now his best friend is Jennifer Aniston, apparently. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, okay. It's yeah. true. I don't She's know what dirt like she has on him. Movies. There's another so, like, movie the coming one. out. Yeah, the with the two of them. That was he was what he was promoting on SNL. So you haven't seen it. I it's terrible, but I do love it when SNL finds a comedic personality so famous they have a family reunion sketch. Yeah. <laughs> where everybody just does an impression to him to his face. Uh, but that's sorry. Yes, that's what happened in SNL last week. This is what happened in 1989. Although much of much of us didn't find out for another few years. Going overboard. Now Adam Sandler is a cruise ship waiter. Fishing for laughs. All my life, I just wanted to get on stage and make people laugh. Hi. How you doing, Errol? What's your name? I hate you! Stand-up comedy is such a sad thing. Uh, this isn't going too well, is it? It's absolutely the most degrading thing a human being can put himself through. There's your punchline. Somewhere between seasickness and murder. This killer comic discovers the power of laughter. This movie is like unconsciously ooh, bad. It, it's, oh it, my it, god! I, I I know this is going to sound hack, but I've never said it on the show before. It feels like it feels like porn with the stuff cut out. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I was going to say it feels like a movie, a little short movie that someone puts together for their buddy's bachelor party. Okay, like, I like that. This yeah. is my friend. Let's put let's do some acty stuff and show it at the bachelor party. Yeah. It's it's hyper unprofessional. And they're they're honest about it. Like we had access to a boat. So we let's try it. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Uh but yes, going overboard, uh, you'll probably never see it again. I think it's free on YouTube. Or probably. at least uh, but yeah. the only step up from that is Amazon Prime. And it has to be in one of those places. Mm-hmm. Uh but also out this week, another fucking weird one that not even I, a comic obsessed person, uh, could love. The Return of Swamp Thing, starring Heather Locklear. 
The big green guy is back, battling the forces of evil. They call me Swamp Thing. He's got a grudge. I think that green thing's good. Because they turned him to sludge. Sometimes I forget what I look like. You gotta be kidding. The return of Swamp Thing, <laughs> rated PG-13. <laughs> Wow. Uh, and this is this is crazy because like uh, you have boomer nostalgia to thank for Swamp Thing, mm. a 12 mm. issue Len Wein comic book from like the 50s or the 60s that Wes Craven remembered fondly. So in 86, he decided that w- that's what he wanted to be his next movie, a short lived DC comic called Swamp Thing. And then at almost at the last minute, DC's like, we should probably make a comic out of this again. Right. Who do we have? Line- <laughs> who's who, who's around? I don't know, this guy writing Watchmen, Alan Moore, he's around. And so, like, you have this amazing re-debut of the Swamp Thing in the late 80s, and Swamp Thing has been a fucking character ever since. It's a soon-to-be wow. DC show. The Some of the more recent comics have been really, really good. But you, Wes Craven, I think, is entirely to thank for Swamp Thing coming back. There was a, there was a multi-decade gap in between the comics and this movie. Hmm. Uh, and, huh. then, and then this would go on to become... Uh, <laughs> One of those things I constantly, constantly threaten to do a show about. Uh, when Florida tried to be the new Hollywood, yeah. USA was like, what about this Swamp Thing property? I think we can film that in Florida permanently. And of course. They sure enough did for four seasons in Orlando, oh, Florida. The guy in that makeup having to be in an actual swamp where it's hot. Ooh, for Aww. real. I don't even have that guy's name. And he's always he was the Swamp Thing in the show and the TV movie. Yeah, uh, Don. But uh, yeah, just apparently people not a big fan of Return of Swamp Thing because it's like we've talked about. It's, it's so interesting to go back and like have the sort of the the look from the the the, the 2020 hindsight to see these trends of like the horror comedy the first mm-hmm. one's scary and then the next one's the funny one mm-hmm. and sort of postmodern this they lean into the comedy really hard yeah it's 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 almost like exactly what happened to the bat tim burton's batman but in like in a period yeah. of one film yeah, uh, yeah. It, it no one really understood what it was but like craven made it with a smart camp or serious camp Mm. Uh, and then everyone else like, it's campy, right? Kids like this. Who gives a shit? And then that's what the second one became. So the second one is not beloved by any stretch of the imagination, and Mm. I don't hear many people talk the first one, quite frankly, but again, in a world where there were not a lot of comic properties on television, like the original Swamp Thing and the show, I really loved it. Hmm. I taped it all the time. Uh, And that the person who plays Swamp Thing is named... What? Ray Wise? Is that no. the first movie? No. Dick no. Durock. Uh, yes, Dick Durock. Ray also Wise a great porn name. is Alec Holland as, <laughs> in his human form. Ah, I In gotcha. his human form. I love Ray Which Wise. Alan Moore would go to end up to find, you don't have a human form. You're a bunch of swamp parasites who consumed a human, and you've now consumed his instincts and memories, and you're literally nothing but plankton. You're just a uh, sentient And you plankton. think you're Alec Holland. You gotcha. have the memory. <laughs> it's, it was, it was, it's a bizarre story, and you should totally read it. It's really great. And then it's a, guess what? It's an Alan Moore story. It goes on a hallucinogenic journey. So no. I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll stop. It's a good comic, though. Um, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. That is what's number one at the box office. I thought these movies oh, were Lord. done in the early 80s. Mm. Well, because you're thinking of the two prior, prior Wilder movies, yeah. which were 70s and early, like, 80s. Like yeah, Stir, Stir Crazy and Silver Streak. Right. Mm-hmm. Which both, at their worst moments, were better than this movie i watched this because <laughs> i care about you i listener. i i i thought i wanted to but then i like at its core like this is just a movie making fun of disabilities and i can't oh, imagine no. it holds up very well one guy's deaf you know, one guy's blind i know mm-hmm. this movie now mm-hmm. it okay. was less offensive than i thought it would be but really? let's 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 hear some antics from the trailer first. okay gene wilder i'm deaf repeat deaf 
Richard Pryor. I'm blind. Repeat, blind. Together again. Uh, eight for 12 o'clock, eight for 12. Uh, we can hang out like this more often. In trouble again. Wally, there's a gun here. Hey! Get rid of it. Between the two of you, you saw and you heard everything. He reads lips, you're talking too fast. Was there or wasn't there a woman? Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. On the run again. I think we should kill them. Don't guide me, they're looking for a blind guy and a deaf guy. Stamp your feet, I'll follow the sound. I feel <laughs> ridiculous. You look fine to me. Oh, yeah. Who the hell was driving? I think it's the blind guy. Right, right. Oh, they did it before <laughs> Twister. <laughs> uh, I do. I I am very partial to Gene Wilder screaming, so mm, of course, can't yeah. hate this. Of course, and look, uh, there are actually I got a couple chuckles out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I I appreciated that they weren't. Sometimes they're making fun of these guys for having disabilities, but most of the time they're not. They're mm-hmm. like they can get through life fine. They have you know some problems. Richard Pryor accidentally walking into things or. Gene Wilder having a million cops come up behind him and he doesn't notice because he can't hear him. But it it was a lot less making fun of their disabilities than I was expecting. Mm. It's still uh, not good. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. there are a couple jokes. Like I said, there there are a couple jokes, and you know I I love seeing them together, of course. But the pacing was really weird, and uh, I got to mention Kevin Spacey's the bad guy. Ooh. Well, then that all works out. Yeah. Young, it's it's young Kevin Spacey with a weird accent, and he had a big cyst on his cheek that I thought was makeup, and it turns out, no, that he used to have that, and he yes, had surgery he to have it removed. I think oh. he had it in Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, he uh, had this big old bump on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's back when they let and ugly people be in some, movies. Oh, yeah, yes. the, the Gene Hackman principle, I believe that's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some, uh, and there's a little bit of uh, skeeziness towards women. I mean, it's weird because no. like so much of this would work for kids, except for the swearing and the titties. <laughs> Which I were... was kind of weird out. Like, that's kind of a this good is motto like for the 80s. broad comedy. I mean, it's weird when Richard Pryor does something for kids, but he's done that, and but this is broad comedy, but. Like, not really for grown-ups, so what the... It was bad, guys. I was sad. Mm. This is their last movie together, and... Yeah, they have other bad movies they're in together, too. I <laughs> I do not hate any of their movies, but it's really hard to recommend them. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like chunks of Stir Crazy, Perfect. especially. Yes. Um, and Silver Streak has moments that like, I like. Like Blackface. Like... Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, so I had to buy my. It's really weird. I mean, there's not a lot else out because it's the '80s, so yeah. summer hasn't started yet. But you'd think that word of mouth on Field of Dreams would make that stay at number one. Yeah, it's got such great word of mouth. Word of mouth, but like that'll change. Give us a couple weeks, and we start hitting the blockbusters. And but, uh, <sighs> oh my god, I, I think you can see that reflected in the television of '89, May 10th through the yeah. 16th, because it's fucking insane. You don't have week. to have have mm-hmm. seen any of these programs to know that their end or this TV movie and who's starring in it is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I haven't seen much of this, but I understand it. Like it is it, historically, it, it's it feels like, like it feels like network Endgame. Like there, <laughs> there's a, there's a shitload of resolutions happening on yes. your, on your dial right now. Uh, such as TNT's Billy, the kid starring Val Kilmer, who was not yet a major motion picture star, but mm-hmm. I remember really liking Val oh. Kilmer back in the day. Yeah. He'd already um, done Top Gun. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see how this this promo sounds. Up here, Bobby boy. 
he was one of the West's wildest spirits. So let's talk about me going to trial to be hung. Oh, what are you gonna do? You gonna arrest me? You have broken the law. You have killed people. So have you, General. Val Kilmer is Gore Vidal's Billy the Kid. <laughs> Gore, like... I know, it I sounds love, so anachronistic. I love with that right now we live in a world where Gore Vidal, <laughs> the novelist, is and the uh, pretty bitchy novelist yeah. is like the selling point on this for people. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, the selling point should be Val Kilmer's incredible James Dean impression he's doing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God! Try like he couldn't try harder if he were playing James Dean. And it's it's yet another in the series of Wilford Brimley won't go outside movies. Like <laughs> <laughs> when all my scenes indoors, air conditioning. Yet another thing Wilford Brimley and I have in common. <laughs> Preferably sitting down. I hate the outside. <laughs> I don't like dirt. Uh, Can I just don't like, be in a western then? Desk, really? Maybe. I'm sorry. I just sit on the corner of this desk and maybe be genial. Can I be genial? Yeah. It's too dusty out there. No thanks. Brought my own mustache wax. <laughs> <laughs> Send the makeup department home. All right. So I feel like we should run through the TV movies first, and then we start talking okay. actual series okay. finales. Absolutely. Because the next TV movie is hilarious the trailer does not do it justice it doesn't i because so apparently so the next tv movie aired on the 12th nbc (laughs) tv movie amityville 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 the evil escapes so this guess how the evil escapes and travels (laughs) through things uh television a haunted lamp <laughs> oh uh, oh it's even better it's not just that the lamp is haunted there's there's a moment where the you see the evil like go up the cord into the lamp <laughs> like in a cartoon like there's a big bulge that indicates wow. oh it's going along the cord and oh no it's in the lamp yeah Holy some shit. some Old ladies find a lamp at a garage sale, and they're like, "Look at this ugly piece of shit! I must have it." Slap the Amityville <laughs> name on it because I guess we did, a, we did a laser time about that last year. That's based on a true story of real life ghost grifters yeah. who are mm-hmm. are still inspiring movies like The Conjuring to this. And day. I think technically this is Amityville Four. Right. I don't out know. Of the series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Starring Patty Duke I mean, and Jane Wyatt. Patty Duke. Like I, I guess it's like, but the house looks so spooky. That's part of why it it works. You know, it's got those yeah. big windows, so it sort of looks like it has eyes. But I guess after like the third or fourth time, it is sort of weird. Like, why would anyone buy this house? Mm. Right. Oh, I know. I would. If I could save a buck, I'd let a ghost watch me masturbate. Sure. That's that's. So They're fun. already doing it. Yeah, you exactly. might as well get a cheap house. Yeah, exactly. Get a cheap house out of it. <laughs> Uh, a little the yeah, trailer. No, that would be a fun where, place where they would go with that. The idea of like the next one is like, yeah, ghost hunters want to buy the house or <laughs> something. Ghost oh no! It, I think it sounds like it sounds like the premise for the Capcom video game Ghost Trick. Mm. Uh, but mm. let me see how the let me see how the promo sounds. And Helen must have money to burn sending something this big all the way from Long Island. <laughs> a dozen years ago. Evil was simply a concept in my mind. That house in Amityville has changed that concept to reality forever. For 300 years, no one has lived on that ground without tragic consequences. Now I believe that the evil in that house could transmigrate into that lamp. I saw Daddy. (laughs) Yeah. 
transmigrate into this ugly ass lamp. Oh my god. We are watching a 4K restorated trailer from Multicom Entertainment. Mm. Uh, so, something out there for everyone. That exactly. should that should prove that. Exactly. Uh, oh goodness. And have you have you seen this full movie dying? Uh, no, I read a bad movie review of it a bunch of years back and okay. uh, I was pretty much just gave up at the haunted lamp got garage sale. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <sighs> oh my God, you can make like, that's a comedy premise. Make this a comedy. Exactly. I mean, that, that, it ultimately sounds like a movie that was written without the Amity. It, like, yes. then J.J. Abrams yeah. sounded and was like, this should be a Cloverfield movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and our, our final, oh goodness, our final TV movie of uh, this segment. Uh, Just to, for all you serious, uh, any Holly Hunter, Amy Madigan fans out, out there? there? Well, this this I mean, sounds. I'm a huge fan of both of them, and I always imagine that they go out for the same roles like a lot. So it's weird to have them like teamed up. It's like not Double Dragon. What's the one where Jean Claude Van Damme and Jean Claude Van Damme? Right. Oh, uh, every Jean Claude Van Damme movie, hmm. Time right. Cop, Thank or yeah, he uh, fights but... himself a lot. right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. But but I guess this movie it sounds a little bit like Ballistic X versus Sever. They're going to fight one another in a movie titled Roe versus Wade. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, exactly I can't it. think of a funny way to intro. The movie is called Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade, the case that held our nation in turmoil for two decades. Now NBC presents the true story behind the headlines. You don't have to keep the baby. I just can't figure any way out of this. For the first time anywhere, the one woman's story that polarized a nation. Roe versus Wade is going to the Supreme Court. Children's lives are depending on me. This is the one I have to win. Oscar nominee Holly Hunter in the film People magazine called the best TV movie this year. The motion picture event of the year, Roe versus Wade, Monday. And uh, Terry O'Quinn in that trailer. A little bit locked yep. from Lost. Yeah, and also uh, Dr. Kelso from Scrubs. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah. So it was weird that they act like this was all settled mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, there's always been lawsuits long long after Roe versus Wade, not even just to overturn it, but chipping away at it, like yes. KCV Planned Parenthood and yes. recent, you know, Texas Whole Woman's Health. Anyway, um, what's extra weird is this is not the true story of the woman who was Jane Roe because she was still uh, anonymous at this time. It wasn't until the early 90s. Um, which became a born-again Christian and regretted having an abortion, became a big anti-abortion activist, we actually got to hear her story from her point of view with her actual name attached. Mm-hmm. So this is not about her, really. It's, there's a, it's a fictionalized version of the plaintiff, but, like, the lawyering stuff is true. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. like Holly Hunter better, if you ask me. I, it sounded like me. She went. Too. She was going full Vanderbeek, taking a very varsity. <laughs> I don't want this child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, she'd already had a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, things that's one of those things that no one ever changed. talks about. An abortion is most women having an abortion have already had a kid. Yes. Or two. Yeah. Or more. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. These are things yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, they. Because they, it's not that they don't want kids or love kids. They don't have the money or time or ability huh. to take care of more. You think or they, they just don't want another kid. I think more people could yeah. respect that kind of choice considering they've not only read all the material, but they've lived with the raising one. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they know what's yeah. best for them. I don't know. What about Jesus? I don't Jesus? know. Yeah, maybe women know what's best for themselves. That's stupid. <laughs> now. Yeah. I'm saying if, if, if Jesus is cool with this measles outbreak, he's probably cool with a couple of abortions. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Put that in your ideology well, and smoke we it. Learned, I we learned the it. other week that Kirk Cameron is okay with them. Yeah. 
That's what? true. Oh, that's right. We can blackmail. <laughs> Never take that back. Yeah, we got to restore yep. that and make it look like new footage. Uh, okay, okay. Where do we go from here? I guess I should mention SNL because I have a weird relationship with this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Gretzky and <laughs> hosts with musical guests, Fine Young Cannibals. Uh, and I, I don't know why, but like uh, back in the day, you couldn't really. SNL would run on like Nick at Night or mm-hmm. I think Comedy Central eventually. E, too. They would do re- re- reruns of it during E, late at night. Mm-hmm. In, in like the 2000s, though. This being yeah. 89, ah. my dad was a fan and I was becoming a fan. And you could, there was like a handful of VHSs you could buy. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Tom Hanks and Wayne Gretzky. SNL tape. It's like 40 minutes long. They don't even show all the sketches. They definitely cut out the musical guests. But it was just an odd juxtaposition because Tom Hanks is like the greatest host of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, he has exclusive ca- reoccurring characters, whereas Wayne Gretzky, it's a funny episode, but Homeboy is not trying and not a good actor. Oh, uh, so but, you mean the greatest any, hockey player of all time? <laughs> but he, he still does. It, no? It's a funny episode. It really yeah. is. And it, but my favorite thing is Dana Carvey just introduced... It was a trope. I, I It was like the first time I discovered a trope. He came out with a sweater tied around his neck and like, Mr. Gretzky, we're going to get you. And like starts talking <laughs> through his teeth and I'm seeing a human doing like, I get this. This is like a trope from an Elvis movie that I'm seeing personified. The audience is going crazy. Again, very personal story, but I watched this over and over and over again oh, wow. as a result of being one of like 20 tapes in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen this episode a dozen times. I do not hate it at all. And stand by what I said about Rain Gretzky knowing next to nothing about sports, let alone the NHL. I cannot name you another hockey player. Same. Uh, that wasn't on a Simpsons episode. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was almost going to say Gordy Howe. I know Gordy Howe. And I know Mario Lemieux. And I, I right. whip that out to make Tyler laugh every once in a while, but I can name a 20-year-old hockey player. But Wayne Gretzky, I, we always have great athletes, but like that sport has not had a crossover, world-recognized household That's name true. since Gretzky. So fucking hats off to that, dude. Definitely not the level of Gretzky. Yeah, every time SNL has an athlete on, I kind of like, well, and I think eh, this is one of the best ones, though, because he's like, he's not trying, but he's not as stiff as some others have yeah. been. Yeah. No, no, he's he's game. He just he just doesn't have the ability, but he's game yeah. to do anything. And and of course, there's a couple sketches where they like put him on the ice and for a remote, and he's mm-hmm. fine. It's awesome. It's funny shit. I mean, being game to do anything is sixty percent of the battle. Yeah, yeah. Which is why Justin Bieber was so such a terrible. There have been far person. there have been far worse a- athletic SNL. hosts yeah. for real. Like oh, like yeah. Michael Jordan, not good. Yeah. Charles Barkley, pretty decent. And, and, <laughs> That's true. And, his act, and their acting ability is about the same, and, yeah. the, and their basketball skills cannot help them. Uh, <laughs> and but yes, I've seen that a billion times. So let's move into the finale. Um, oh, this is a big one. The finales of the so week. We got some big ones. Yeah. I, I remember uh-huh. 1992. That was the big one I remember because I was just coming around to non-cartoon entertainment, and like, mm-hmm. you mean to tell me Growing Pains and MacGyver are ending on the same night? I just no. got here. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is shows I ended up seeing in syndication much mm-hmm. later and one not at all. Um, Dynasty. Dynasty finale. Dynasty, oh. Dynasty is huge. Mm-hmm. And in doing some research on it, I really feel like I need to go back and look at some of it. Just for oh, some of it is fun. Yeah. I think I watched like the first two seasons. Oh, oh wow. my god. Well, and, you know, it's the story of these two feuding families, oil families in Colorado. Hatfields and the McCoys. Carringtons and Colby's. Very close. And um, it's just, it kind of defines, it's definitely a defining television program of the 80s for sure. Yeah. 
almost just for the fashions. Yeah. And I looked into it and apparently their budget for costumes per episode, like per week, was $35,000. Wait, what? Whoa. Yeah. And over the course of the entire series, which was nine seasons, the costume designer put together 3,000 outfits. Jesus. Yeah. Damn. And I mean, the show is like defined by the shoulder pads and the sequins and oh, the rhinestones. Shoulder pads and sequins. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. And maybe some big hats. Yes. Definitely some big hats. The Vaseline lens, or is that more of a Dallas thing I'm thinking of? Oh, I'm no. They sure have Vaseline lens. Yeah. And it was, yep. I always get these confused too. I get Dynasty and Dallas confused, confused now. Because it's like, it is kind I'm like, which one is JR in? And when I was looking <laughs> at it, apparently they had. Joan Collins, who's like Alexis Carrington, who is the person you think of when you think of Dynasty. She's the one that's always slapping people and calling them bitches. And she's just like a mean (laughs) jerk. She was basically conceived of as the female counterpart to J.R. Ewing from Uh. Dallas. And she's got always has the best lines and the best put downs. And she's just like a stone cold bitch. She's awesome. And it's like kind of revolutionary, too, because she's like, a middle-aged woman too. And mm-hmm. so that kind of character archetype was very interesting to see on screen. And so I didn't pull anything from the finale because out of context, I didn't really know what was going on. But someone did put together a glorious YouTube video <laughs> called Shit Alexis Carrington Says that has all of her best one-liners. So we can just <laughs> play a little bit of it because Sweet. it's pretty great. I'm what I am. And that's why I'm where I am. Don't you ever forget that. The reason that I am who I am and where I am is because I make everything my business. I have a reputation that is unpredictable, devious, and manipulative. I cherish that reputation because it keeps my enemies off guard. At six o'clock, I like to slip out of my shoes and into something more comfortable, like a drink. So good. Look how every shirt makes her look like a wine glass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to look up more of the show because I get it so confused with Dallas because like I think Dynasty currently has a reboot on the CW, but unlike they the have, Dallas reboot, yeah. it's not a like picking up where they left off of the '80s Dallas. Mm-hmm. They just redid it. Mm. So uh, so I guess it's not yeah. as significant. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a classic. It's nighttime soap opera, so mm-hmm. it's, there's lots of backstabbing and bitchery, and someone's probably throwing a drink, and then they're being yeah. underhanded, and then they're going to have a wedding, and then a bunch of foreign mercenaries attack and shoot at everybody, <laughs> and you got to wait till next season to see who lives. Yep, every season ends yeah. with a cliffhanger. I'm sure there's some fake deaths. Oh my god, the shit Alexis oh, says yeah. is like tw- is like eight minutes. This I is, know. Can you this imagine? Is probably gonna get more fantastic as we go. How much time do we have? That'll be the minutes? next uh, YouTube I make us watch after we've had a couple drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Just put that on the background. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I wasn't in for the Family Ties finale though. Yeah, Aww. that wasn't it, part of our family watching either. It's weird. I just remember. Oh, man. This, this no, be- this was must-see TV, bitch. It was I what? Know. Cosby Show? Different World? No, I, I was watching ties, all those. Question mark. But a family, oh, Cheers is in there? Yeah. Family Ties to me is, is still rooted as a much more thoroughly 80s sitcom, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of them had time in the 90s. Like The whole joke here was yeah. that the kid was a Reaganite to a bunch yeah. of hippie families. The conception of it is a thoroughly is, 80s premise. Yes, it's soaked yeah. in the 80s. The two parents are ex-hippie, mm-hmm. you know, uh, flower children who grew up and moved to suburbia and got straight and then had terrible children <laughs> that they hate 
wonder what Michael J. Fox is thinking this year. Like, yeah, just fucking uh, done with Family Ties. Got two movies coming out. Nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is your year, Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox. It never gets better for you. Mm-hmm. 89 is it. Mm-hmm. 89 is I'm not talking about his multiple scrubs. I'm just saying like his movies yeah. are fucking terrible. Oh, <laughs> like after I Back see, to the yeah. Future. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Michael J. Fox was a household name in my house. So. Mm-hmm. It oh, went off. Yeah. For- I mean, and this show launched him. He was perfect for it. He was mm-hmm. so, so good. Seriously, kids, go back and watch some Family Ties and you will appreciate him. You're- You'll understand why my generation, we just love him so much. Yeah. You're, you're right. And when I watch those Back to the Future featurettes and they show Eric Stoltz as uh, Marty McFly for a little bit and like, let's shut down production and wait. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> Michael J. Fox is intended for this role and fuck this, we're not doing this. Yeah. Like they hurt, they hurt a man's feelings forever, made him a national punchline <laughs> because Michael J. Fox was that good and worth waiting for. Yeah. That's it's yeah. just nuts he's to just me. Really good. He's just got great comic timing mm-hmm. and he's, even though he's like little, he knows how to use space well. Totally. And he was just great on this. And yeah, the end, the finale of the show is him. Moving off to New York for, I think, some sort of finance job. You know, no. living the dream, finally. And he's Work like... For Ge- Gordon Gecko. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, he's still sad to go, but yeah. it's time to leave. Well, and in my reading, too, his charismatic, you know, character and how uh, beloved he became was a real problem behind the scenes. Because the mm. t- Meredith Baxter, Bernie, and the guy who played the dad, David Cross... Not David uh, Cross. Uh, Michael Gross. Beardo. Michael Gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Beardo, uh, they both like were pretty tore up by the fact that basically all the attention was being stolen from them as oh. the parents because Michael yeah. J. Fox was so popular. Yeah, because we know sitcoms are beloved because the parents. Sure, that's how that works. Uh, spoken like two real boomers. I thought they were going to say that like he because he humanized the. The alt right and then mm. 19. It's nothing like that. <laughs> no. Like the same way people like SNL cast members are mad at Will Ferrell for making the president look fun. Right, right. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's that they're not paying enough attention to us, yeah. the baby the boomers. The real stars. The real heroes here. <laughs> you think sitcoms, you think Carl Winslow, Conrad Bain. Sure. That's, that's what the people <laughs> sure. are here for. And it's about the most compelling people in history. We solved the Vietnam War <laughs> with our music. <laughs> you can't have a punchline unless I bring you the setup. It's about me. And this is Ronald Reagan's favorite show. What? <laughs> yes. What an, what an ass. Now I am definitely not watching. But I also read a weird tidbit that I thought was he was suffering from dementia. I had no idea what he was watching. <laughs> well, that he, I think that he we thought call the that Care Bears was madness. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, it's but... funny because as a little kid, I knew I knew Ronald Reagan liked jelly beans, and I hate broccoli. Like, where did you have the time to say that as yeah. the president? Yeah, the president needs to go to bed. Oh man, <laughs> a, a president weighing in on his favorite on the, foods on a, a simpler time and my least favorite vegetable. Yeah. Don't care for it. <laughs> but I heard this weird, or I read this weird tidbit that kind of the reason why Family Ties got canceled eventually was because of Bill Cosby. Because he was really, uh, really wanted to have more African-American-led shows on television and really pushed for a different world to follow him, follow the Cosby show. And because the network was like, uh, yes, Anybody had that kind of power to, to... To dictate something like that at the time, yeah, yeah, I can see it. They moved Family Ties to Sunday, and it didn't work as well there, and ratings I'll take, declined. I'll take Different World a thousand times over Family Ties any I mean, day. I mean, you know. Mm, that's where you come. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough call. Yeah. 
Not for, for sure. not for me. Not for very, a weird little tidbit. Not for a kid who was hmm. pretty much exclusively watching Disney clamshell VHSs, and definitely not at this time because we had one fucking TV and the parents were watching. Oh I man, hated everything they watched. Uh, the only show I did wish I would have watched because I, I it gets talked about way more glowingly than any of these other sitcoms we kind of all watch passively. Uh, Moonlighting is considered to be something of a pivotal show for network mm-hmm. television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Never, never, it is so different and so interesting and fun and again i yeah i've stand moonlighting like this whole show pushing it really hard seriously look those last couple seasons they're kind of rough it sort of got canceled some of us fall out from a writer's strike that we had like a year ago mm-hmm. um and some of it is you know behind the scenes problems but oh my god the show is so fucking good mm. yeah and uh, i never i never got into it yeah, yeah, I didn't. I it, didn't. Like, seriously, most of it's on Daily Motion. I just okay. I didn't see it. Yeah, because it like it didn't hit syndication due to I think like having mm-hmm. like just shy of the number of episodes mm. under a hundred, and it's also an hour. Uh, isn't it an hour? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's like an hour long comedy, so mm-hmm. it's it just doesn't really fit a decent mold. And I remember in high school we had like this week off period where we would go like paint a mural on a wall for an entire week or help build a house for the homeless or even play video games. And, and the teacher's like, the show's really good and I think you all should see it. And, and, and he popped in Moonlighting <laughs> in like 1995. <laughs> wow. So I saw Moonlighting. For, I like never knew the show existed. And huh. I'm like, what is this? This is, it. even at the time, it, it seemed really weird. It's it's not a three camera sitcom. Mm-hmm. It's mostly funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I thought this was over. This guy's another half hour to it. Holy shit. And uh, yeah. th- this and woman is beautiful. Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis was on TV. Comedy. And he had and hair? He had hair. <laughs> he had some hair still, and he could do comedy. Yeah. And he just, he like, he gave up doing comedy. It's weird. Yeah. Because he's really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, yeah. It, it turns out he just sort of sucks now, but, you know, he well, could always go back yeah. to being funny. I mean, he honestly, I feel like the last time we saw him do, I mean, anything that comedic was his multi-episode arc on Friends, which he is pretty funny. That whole arc is pretty good. He plays the father of someone Ross is dating, and then he dates Rachel. It's a, it's a pretty good showing from Bruce Willis. Kind of surprising. If you're paying attention on the Orville, you can you can hear him in there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Moonlight, nice. and this is a clip of the finale. So, so the finale, because here's one of the things that makes Moonlighting really special, and they show it off in the finale, is they broke the fourth wall oh. uh, a lot. They knew they were on a show being filmed, and the people cared about what happened in their lives. And uh, I mean, it's supposed to be about a detective agency um, and and the people that work there. And as we get towards the end of the episode, uh, you know, uh, Sybil Shepherd's character comes into the office and this happens. Let me go. Oh, I'm glad you're here. I don't have time to explain it to you now, but in six minutes and 14 seconds, we will cease to exist as television characters. Well, where's our furniture? What's happening to our view? Where is Red taking her view? Well, no, there's no need to get your drawers in a bunch. Wait a minute. Drawers? An underwear joke? I made an underwear joke and we're still here. There may be time yet. Come on. <laughs> oh, wow. This is amazing. Does it, does it keep going? Keep going? Uh, no, I mean, you can stop there. I can summarize what happened. Looks, they, they literally run out of their office and now they're on the studio back lot. That's so um, cool. They run into their coworkers who are mad at them for getting them canceled. Uh, they uh, go talk to an executive. What can we do about this? He says, look, you guys just aren't any fun anymore. And people like romance. Like, oh, we'll show you romance. We'll go get married right now. We're getting married. So you don't cancel our show. And they get canceled. Oh, wow. 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 That made me, f- this made me feel like I was watching a little bit of 
Roger Rabbit, actually. Especially Bruce Willis's patter there. Like yeah. I, 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 I It felt I, very old Hollywood yeah, too. Very detective y. Yeah. yeah. God damn oh it. yeah. The the patter on the show was so good. So much fast back and forth and sassiness and lots of tension, sexual tension and stuff. And you know, part that's when they say, well, that kind of ruined the show when they finally like got together. But there were lots of other problems going on. So well, yes. Sam is in for a fun summer when I tell him, guess what, babe? This summer we're watching Dynasty and Moonlighting all summer long. <laughs> That's what I think is, is fucked up. Like, I, I'm sort of, especially at, at the age the show could have been discovered, I would have been at a perfect age and time to discover this in like the early to late 90s mm-hmm. and never mm. never got the chance. And while I'm looking all this shit up on the internet on YouTube, Dynasty is available in SD starting from $19, $20 for old Dynasty. Mm. Moonlight is nowhere. Jeez. It is nowhere. Yeah. Like, just daily motion and only. Like, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? I know. It's bullshit. It, it seems like the show that totally should be rerun on, like, Logo late at night. Yeah, I've, I've heard, and I've heard some people in similar breaths compare it to Community. And the episodes that I've seen, I don't oh. really understand that. Yeah. But, like, uh, but that is a show that's constantly aware it's a show. Mm-hmm. And that's part of its charm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I really want to check this out. a little out, bit man. there. Yeah. And, I see it. And the episodes I have seen are just, like, they're beautiful to look at mm-hmm. as well because they, I don't know, they don't, mm-hmm. they move the camera around a lot. They go to a bunch of different locations. It's really, it's really nice to look at. Hmm. Motherfucker, someone yep. should give this a nice little restoration. Throw it on Hulu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know a bunch of you out there listening in LA can't all be washing cars. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. And we, and we have inventory space, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> if we can move into games uh, for a little bit, I want to see if the uh, 80, children of the 80s. Understand what this is from the theme song, and it's not the theme song it should have been. Woo! That would be the first Ninja Turtles game ever. Wow. Ninja Turtles, a show that technically premiered in 87 at the very end of the year, but debuted in a big way in 89 and then became a show that aired every day because it was so enjoyed but this is the first game to come out the cover is more evident of Eastman and Laird because as you can see I have it behind me here I see I'm seeing it with my <laughs> it, eyes I have it in a special case mm-hmm. uh, they're all wearing red because they hadn't established uh, hadn't gotten clearance on art that established them as all wearing different bandanas mm. they all look like Raph but uh, they also, also Konami didn't want to spring for the music rights to the TV show Aww. so that's why you get that but uh, in terms of music like on days when I'm productive this is my favorite overworld theme uh, when you this is before you enter buildings, you're walking around on the streets of Manhattan, and and this is my this is my productivity thing. I hum to myself. Can you imagine me like picking up my laundry, like uh, uh, dropping my kids off? <laughs> yep, yep, all your kids. It's a little montage of me doing everything uh-huh. correct that an adult's supposed Going to do. To the grocery store. I dropped off my check at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mailed my bills yes. in a mailbox. I did. I. I, Mowing the lawn. I got new asbestos in, installed <laughs> in the house. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I love this game, but everyone knows why it's notorious. Nintendo wouldn't allow Konami to release more than, like, what, four games a year mm. on a system because they were worried about a glut of crap like you see now on Switch <laughs> or the iPhone. So Konami had to create Ultra Games, and I think this is one of the first games from Ultra Games, even though it is very much Konami's game. Hmm. Uh, it is also not the arcade game, which everyone liked more. It is also pretty hmm. bad and was ported... All over the place, but it was kind of... Ninja Turtles was... I was born in the He-Man Transformers generation, but there was no 
uh, Nintendo, mm-hmm. and they they got like pretty shitty, but Japan only releases for Transformers games. This is the phenomenon I was like, I ate every single morsel of, and when this came out, like the whole world's saying if you were a little boy in 1989. And uh, I love this game unabashedly, even though it's hard as fuck. I love watching <laughs> speed runs of it. Uh, but it is hard, and it is every. It was nobody's preferred Ninja Turtles game, but it's the first one, and it's out now in 1989. It'll be back next year with part two, which is just called the arcade game. It should have been called the game you actually like, uh, mm. the one in arcades, <laughs> and comes with a free po- pizza coupon, and that was hilarious. Pizza Hut honored the coupon up to like three years ago when somebody brought it in. Like, <laughs> I can still get a free pan. Like, yeah, if you need it that bad, here. Sure. Have a, have, Man, have a free $3 see pizza. If I can dig out my book it, see well, if I have any leftover book it free make, coupons. Make sure you have green hair and a YouTube film crew. Mm. So, gotcha. <laughs> that does help. Gotcha. But let us close out 1989 with a little bit of music. And these are the releases from May 10th to the 16th. We got some new ones from, uh, oh, oh, Badlands self-titled debut. That's a great bar in the Castro uh, that everyone should go to. Uh, <laughs> Eat the Heat by Accept, The Other Side of the Mirror by Stevie Nicks. Uh, White Limousine by Dolly Parton. And Altars of Madness by Morbid Angel. Oh, wait, I, I'm not done. That's this is a page break. Blindsman Zoo by 10,000 Maniacs. 10 Good Reasons by Jason Donovan, uh, which was a huge hit in Australia and the UK, but never broke into the US. Uh, I have not heard of it. Two of my queens, Stevie and Dolly. That's true. true. Both out the same week. I think the the last three times I've seen you, you've had a Fleetwood Mac shirt on. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) I have. (laughs) Uh, But we'll we'll take us out of 1989 with uh, a little Bon Jovi. I'll be there for you. Uh, but stay right there. We get back. You are going to be smack dab in 19, uh, 1999. So stay right there. Please. Are you losing your hair? Hey, hey, it happens, fellas. In fact, 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. But thanks to science, it's easier to keep the hair that you got than replace the hair you lost. Get ahead of the problem with Hims, your one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. And right now, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of Hims for just five bucks while supplies last by going to forhims.com slash 30. That's the word 30. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional, and Hims helps connect you with real doctors who offer real medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. No, no, no. This is not Grandpa's Miracle Tonic. These are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Even better, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits, and you can save hours compared to waiting in lines at pharmacies just by going to 4 Go to the website, you answer a few quick questions, a doctor will review it, and prescribe you what you need. And then the products are shipped directly to your door. See how much time do you save so easy, and that's to say nothing of how much money you can save by using Hims. Speaking of, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of Hims for just 5 bucks right now while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. Remember, this would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So, go to forhims.com slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash the word 30. Once again, to get your trial month for five bucks, go to forhims.com slash 30. She's got new addictions for every day and night. She'll make you take your clothes off and go dancing in the rain. She'll make you live a car. 
Price coming in with Ricky Martin, Living La Vida Loca. I fuck, fucking. Oh, wait, no, I don't love this song. I'm thinking a couple like. That song's. A, that's that's the one that rules. Oh, I kind of love Living La Vida Loca. I kind of do too. I no did a recital yep. dance to Living La Vida Loca. Did you? Yes, I did. In which I wore leopard print pants. Nope. If you're going to be a good song mm-hmm. for me, you got to have whistles in it. I'm also gay. <laughs> 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 I love a good whistle song. It's, I'm into that. <laughs> she does have a type. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't yes. help it. I don't know what it is. Is that rhythm guitar on this or what? I love this song. No, it's good. I just, I just enjoy it. It was a strange time for pop music, and I, I think I found like the phrase Latin craze annoying. Yes. But I didn't really find yeah. the music that annoying because that was like no. this is un- 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 like unabashedly fun to hear out of a stereo in the middle of fucking summer. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a good summer song. And we're Way in better the, than Smash Mouth. We're, like, balls deep into it now, too, yeah. because we, do, we were watching RuPaul's Drag Race, mm. and they were lip-syncing for their lives to um, Waiting for Tonight by J-Lo. Oh, yeah. And Sam was like, oh, my God, I love this song. <laughs> and I was like, me, too. I it mean, brings me back to sixth grade. I mean, I can't think of better real laser work than that music video. Oh my it's god, really good. it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I don't, I don't know, I don't even know if Jennifer Lopez belongs in that craze anywhere. She was just Latin. The music wasn't. Mm. But like, yeah, but like the, the Santana and the Mark Anthony shits and the, the Ricky Martin. Santana. Oh, <laughs> Not my favorite. Uh, oh god, by the time we get to the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Oh lord. I can tell you today I felt like seven inches from a midday sign. I've I was very <laughs> hot today. <laughs> uh, yes, if you are seeing the ocean under the moon, call 911, <laughs> get help. Get help. Or stop looking at that Salvador Dali thing. Uh, but, but yeah, I love Rob Santana as much as the next the next guy. Um, also, our, our Sant- we're laughing. We Rob have a, Santana. We have a, yeah, Rob Santana. I've melded them into one individual that makes kick-ass summertime jam. Rob Santana. Uh, uh, we have a that's an inside joke because we have a friend who loves Santana like unironically and is yes. way too young for that kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and she's she's coming over for, for the movie. It's, oh good, so, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm gonna put I'm putting a Santana restriction on her. Please that can't do. happen. It's, it's Spider-Man soundtrack or nothing. Yes. Uh, welcome to 1999, people. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're all over the place. Uh, yep. Let's just underline. Yep, that song is 20 years. 20 years old. old. Wow. You old, old motherfuckers. 20 years old. Ricky Martin, man. Yeah, I don't know what he's up to. Is he, is he's he's got to be on some reality show. He's still a good-looking dude. Sure. He's got to be around on some reality show. Well, he, he, was, he just was just on, on the um, uh, assassination of Jack yes. Versace. He was very good. Yes, he played oh, really? Versace's boyfriend. He did? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. All right. I've never... I don't know why. I've always... like I did not hate this period... And I felt like a more cynical version of me definitely would have, but I, I didn't have a problem with Ricky Martin. I thought, no, oh, these songs are fun, except for the slow ones. Um, but yeah, yeah. the real. Fa- I mean, She Bangs. It's really fun. It's great. It's, it's really fun. Song. It's a great song. I love She Bangs. <laughs> I, really, I really liked it. Uh, but new releases in 1999, May 10th to the 16th. And this, and this should be number one, Ricky Martin. Um, but you also have I'd Rather Eat Glass by B.G. Phillips uh, No Limit Top Dog by Snoop Dogg I believe that's his No Limit Records debut He jumped mm-hmm. ship from Death mm-hmm. Row uh, yep. And 60 Second Wipeout by Atari Teenage Riot okay. Both of those, the latter two albums I had in my car And my girlfriend didn't care for either one 
I think there's, no, there's nothing women care for less than Atari Teenage Riot. It is very loud, obnoxious German industrial music. I don't like any of those parts of the name of the band. So <laughs> Teenagers, Riots, or the Atari. So. Uh, uh, she was a lot of fun in Deadpool, but I wish she was in Deadpool 2 more. <laughs> I understood that reference. Me too. Uh, oh. Yay. And I just, I just saw Avengers yesterday, so I get to say that again. My dad really laughed at that line. Anyway. Uh, new, a little bit of news for 1999. Oh, uh, People Magazine's most beautiful person of the year is is christened, Ooh. and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer takes the crown the second time. Is it a crown? Oh, yeah. Is it like a scepter? Maybe I feel a, like they need a crown and scepter. Just a certificate. A scepter. <laughs> a a kick-ass sash. Yeah. Yeah. You are the most beautiful yep. person in the world. Your reward, this $10 sash. Well, I mean, yep. if you see her in the movie that we're going to talk about in a little bit, you would 100% agree with this assessment. I don't know what's coming. I thought I looked ahead. Mm. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But it's it's for the second time. And is that how that works? Like, only one person can be the most beautiful person of the year? Yeah. Well, they have their... It's like the fifty most beautiful people yeah. here, but then there's there is a number one. So she was the number one. Okay, I and then like... on the men's side, obviously, you have the sexiest man alive. Oh right, sexiest man alive. That's right. Okay, so that's yeah. different from the most beautiful person. Yes. Okay. Because yes, yes. I feel like I only see in the news when it's a guy. I don't really, I don't remember who was the most beautiful woman like the last twenty years. I remember Matt Damon made it. Mm-hmm. George Clooney's had it twice. Uh, Harrison Ford. I remember Harrison he was... Harrison Ford got it at 74. Good yes, for him. Yes, he was uh, an older, an elder when it happened. I don't know. If I don't know. I was super into People Magazine as a kid and especially in like middle school. Mm-hmm. And I well, yeah, always... It was perfect for your reading ability at the time. Well... Snap. <laughs> Snap on People. Or on me. No. Yes, sir. I was quite a reader. I, I read a lot, you guys. Um, but <laughs> yeah, this I always look forward to these episodes or these issues that came out. The most beautiful people. Looking back on it, why? I'm looking at a bunch of middle-aged celebrities, yeah. and I'm like, yes, yeah. very beautiful. As, as, a, as a budding young boy, and like, ooh, the most beautiful people. I can't stroke to any of this. Some of these people are ninety. Some of these and people like, are my grandparents' age. <laughs> this, this is impossible. <laughs> Uh, but movies, that's where it gets real exciting this week, mm. or does it? The Mummy is still number one. Mm. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on The Mummy, people. Remember, we have a show where we celebrate your input on the show and uh, the things that we talk about. Patreon.com slash LazerTime supports the whole LazerTime network. Um, we have one of those coming for you next week. My back's a little busted. It should have been earlier, and I apologize. Um, but movies out this week, May 10th through the 16th. The Sex Monster. Uh, I've seen this a number of times. Oh. <laughs> I have too. Yeah, it's Did on HBO. HBO lot. Like, does Mike Binder program for HBO? Because <laughs> this movie would pop up on HBO every fucking weekend. It's. I'm. Sure. I knew it exactly. Like the second I saw this title, I'm like, I'm picturing scenes from it. Why? I, I never sat to watch it. How I, did this happen? I'm sure it doesn't hold up even slightly. Mm. Because no, it is it's a very. Gross. It's a very poor understanding of the lady brain. Uh, what does he talk his wife into a threesome? Yes. And then she becomes an unstoppable sapphic force who cannot oh. stop hooking up with ladies. Okay, I know this movie. In, in a, in I a, saw this yeah. on HBO too. In an almost physical comedy level. Like yes. there's a lot of like fallen dishes and stuff in this movie. Wow. It is it is a Mike Binder unique kind of movie, mm-hmm. but uh I ooh, I would not want to go to bat for this at this point. No. Uh, but yes, a woman goes crazy for sex with women. I believe Come on. <laughs> what, wait. But like, but like, you don't li- believe that that but literally nuts. And like to where they like, he has to like intervene and like get well, her counseling. I mean, if your lover is Mike, Mike Binder, Binder. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I don't know. 
Maybe, but it's supposed to be a, a farce, a comedy farce. So it just seems like utterly ridiculous to me at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, but uh, Trippin', a movie. Uh, wait, did I? No, I don't think I saw this. Dion Richmond, Donald Faison, Guy Tori, and uh, Mia Campbell. Mia Campbell? Doesn't matter. Probably Maya Campbell. Um, this is a very. Oh, I did see trailer. this. This spring. What's up? What's up? What's up, my brother? One, two, three. Nothing is more dangerous. Nothing is more desirable. Too much booty. Mm, not enough booty, girl. Go get a steak sandwich or something. And nothing is more embarrassing than a wild imagination. It's time, baby. Wake up. Hmm? What? Yeah. Dripping. I'd like to thank all of you for coming out, especially the president. You my dog. Rated R. Starts Wednesday, May 12th. <laughs> yeah. That seems fun. Seems fun. Seems very straight to video-y, but a fun time late night on a Showtime uh, viewing. And yeah. definitely... What? A guy, he daydreams a lot. Wackiness yeah. ensues. Yeah, okay. but like, but I don't think we've seen the Black Ferris Bueller or whatever. Mm. Like, that's not... That's, but, that's you know, fair enough. A, a fourth wall breaking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're trying to make Dion Richmond a thing, but I didn't notice... He was Kenny on Cosby Show? Which one's Kenny? I'm thinking of Rudy. He's... Uh, one of Rudy's friends. Okay. Oh, my little, God. Little, little kid. Oh, my God. We are jumping around the decades. Um, oh, no, wait. Am I thinking of different Kenny? I don't know. Oh, no. I'm thinking of, I got it right. So could she call him Bud? I, I don't know Cosby Show enough to ever know the names of the kids' friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never know that. No. He's the only one I remember. I, I have to Bud. hold room in my head for the complete names of the Fat Albert Chunkyard gang. Of I, I can't go remembering every single Cosby you kid. You have to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but. Tea, tea with Mussolini, that's a hard pivot. Oh, this one. <laughs> Sorry, My Maggie. grandma loved yeah. this movie. <laughs> Maggie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, Cher, and Joan Plowright. Tea with Mussolini. In a place of beauty. Where's my damn Picasso? Buy it back. Offer them more money. In a time of uncertainty. Why shouldn't Mussolini have an empire? All the best people in Europe have empires. <laughs> they were the most arrogant. Drink up because the champagne's on me. I bathe in the stuff to celebrate her departure. Why, Hester, I didn't see you there. The most obstinate and colorful women in Italy. Why should we change our lives simply because some idiots want to make more? They were known in Florence as the Scorpioni. Scorpioni? Why? Because they bite. Not me, they try, but no more. Luca? Must I eat with you? I don't know. Why do I... This looks, I'm very intrigued this by this now. Very charming, and it's got <laughs> it's, Lily Tomlin it's in it. Charming. Oh, I love Lily. Yeah, Tomlin. Lily Tomlin's in the. Tra- yeah, it's about these you know sort of rich expats in Italy as the fascists come to power, and they sort of like they sort of joint uncle they they joint anti mame a, a kid and mm-hmm. like sort of bring him up all together, being like sassy at each other and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's really charming. One of the weirdest facts I have about this movie is. This was Coco the Gorilla's favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> For reasons I'm not sure I understand. Uh, because but, Coco had great taste. Yeah. Really. Coco did have great taste. She intentionally, like, I've, I've seen video of her watching it. She really likes the movie, but when they start saying goodbye at the end, she gets sad and she doesn't want to watch. She but, would turn around and wait for the goodbyes to end shit. and then she'd watch the rest. Coco obviously has great taste. This is her favorite movie. She's a cat lady. Mm-hmm. All ball, mm-hmm. of course. And yep. her best yep. friend was Robin Williams. So. Yeah, knows how to take Mr. Rogers' shoes off. There and you go. <laughs> it's also in the dock if you haven't. If you need a good a treasure. Try. I know yeah. you oh, all right, Pete, Coco. I can't imagine anything better than being raised by Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, <laughs> Cher, Lily Tomlin, and Joan Plowright. Uh, yes! Joan, that has to be her porn name. 
That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sorry, sorry. And I just you've said that before, and before I've reminded you that's Mrs. Lawrence Olivier. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think actually I was the last one to make that joke like a month and a half ago. <laughs> I know it's probably it's probably a character in Austin Powers, and I'm thinking I'm thinking of making an original quip. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I like Lily Tomlin in Spider Verse a lot. Yeah, Lily Tomlin's the best. Yeah, she's also great and great Aunt May. Uh, everything. Yeah, uh, but tea with Mussolini, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to tell me I didn't yeah. say the name. Uh, it's a it's a it's a charming summertime kind of movie it where it's is. like let's look at a lot of beautiful Italian countryside. Fascists are bad. In wartime. We're whipping at each other. There's artwork. Pair this. Yeah, that's everything I want. Pair this with "Call Me by Your Name," a perfect double okay. feature. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Nice that's, look at Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Feature. All right. Any, I, I, I hope you can show some love for uh, Best Laid Plans. Some tea. Not really. No. Uh, Alessandro Nivola, uh, Reese Witherspoon, and Josh Brolin. Best Laid Plans. Problem. So we got to steal the thing outright and somehow make sure Bryce doesn't report it. Make him think he committed a crime. You want to sit down? <laughs> this is going to look worse than it is. The girl that we met at the bar, I was drunk. I swear, I didn't touch her. He didn't do anything to you, did he? If she presses charges, I will go to jail. I guess the second date's out of the question then. Man, I did, I did want to point this out, that for the longest time, Reese Witherspoon was a mark that I wanted to see the movie. Because she mm-hmm. made a bunch of bunch of weird shit, she was really apt to like do something it's super true. violent and strange, or uh, yeah. like this this kind of like dark heist movie. So mm-hmm. every, like fuck, Reese Witherspoon's in a movie, and that I forget it's been like so long. She is kryptonite to me. If she's in this, I want nothing to do with it. Um, I, it, I'm changing. She went through a kind of not. She, she went, went through, through a, a bad, not great romantic. Comedy no offense to the the blonde stage. movies, yeah. but like yeah. a, the bad romantic comedies and the fucking biopics, like just right. not that kind of stuff. But big, mm-hmm. yeah. big little lies but, mm-hmm. is so good. I will, I will check but, that out. And we're coming out of we're coming off election year. Exactly. We have election. Last That's what I'm saying. Week. And Dude, Cruel Intentions. Been, been there since yeah. Freeway. A great year. Mm-hmm. Been there since Freeway. I was a big Reese Witherspoon Oh, fan. I love Freeway. Uh, but, I like uh, Freeway No, I've never even heard kinda, of it. It seems like they're sort of going for a weirdly similar vibe on this. That Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, a gangster is in debt. Uh, and so he and his girlfriend come up with this thing to con Josh Brolin. Um, but it's, it's a weird point for Josh Brolin where he's like, he's just coming back. Right, mm-hmm. right. From the like, I I didn't see him in anything in between Goonies and like a USA bike cops TV show, and then all of a sudden he was a movie star again. It's mm-hmm. fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. He's just starting to creep back, and you know, by the time we get to like mid two thousands, and it's like, oh yeah, Josh Brolin. Yeah, we all know. Who he is. Mm-hmm. no country. Awesome. Yeah. So there's um, an intense, good looking dude. What what do we have against him for so long? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, really, I don't know. And I'm not going to spoil Endgame for you, but he has a really good musical number as Thanos that you <laughs> have to check out. Um, yeah, no, this just is uh, most of the reviews are like, nah, this could have been better, but no, nah, it's not very good. I mean, it's like uh, like the wine scenes were making one of these movies every seven minutes. Like mm-hmm. a. Yes. Yeah. A yeah. Upper middle class just, heist movie where things go awry and a friend ends up. Yeah, murdered. we're just finally getting towards the end of that. That run of things, thank God. Blessedly. <laughs> and well, uh, what do you think about uh, I don't know this 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 trend that that never quite picks up uh, this the the Shakespeare resurrection? Yeah. It, we we someone tries every couple of years to make like a big high profile Shakespeare movie, and the stars align mm-hmm. to sign up, 
uh, as they did Kevin Klein, Michelle Pfeiffer, Rupert Everett, Stanley Tucci, Callista Flockhart, Christian Bale, Dominic West, David Stratham, uh, Sophie Marceau, Bill Irwin, Sam Rockwell, and Bernard Hill in A Midsummer Night's Dream. This spring, for one incredible night, everyone will fall in love at first sight when magic lends fate. I hate thee and love Helen. A hand. Thou art as wise as thou art beautiful. I love thee. By my life, I do. I say I love thee more than he can do. (laughs) Where are these hearts? Rupert Everett. Oh, so many beautiful people with glitter on their face. Glitter, uh, all bare (laughs) shoulders as far as the eye can see. Stanley Uh, Tucci as a little goat man. I am here for it. My my favorite is still uh, William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet Mm. equals Mm. Chris having fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everything else, I admire this for like, yeah, we're not updating this for modern times. We're going to make this as silly as every stage play you've ever seen. Well, they they updated it a tiny bit. Did they? Yeah, this mm-hmm. is like Victorian times. Oh, wait, <laughs> right. what? Yeah, bicycle. It, it like kind of a big part of it is that bicycles are now a thing, so everyone's riding around <laughs> on a bicycle. Not an addition I would have caught yeah. at all. This is this is like someone correcting like a, a car in Back to the Future. Like I just wouldn't have. Oh, that wasn't out that year. My yeah. bad. Well, a lot of it mm-hmm. takes for like takes place in people prancing around in a forest. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, you would think, oh, this is just like a straight. Adaptation, but there are the parts where they're like in their real life. It's it's obviously very Victorian, and Calista Har- Calista Flockhart giving a very hysterical performance. Her only starring performance. I can't think of her being a, the lead in any other movie. No, I can't. Either. Yeah, mm. but I mean, obviously, Alec McBeal is a raging right now. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 This is. I mean, this is a fine adaptation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good if if you're the kind of person who has trouble reading Shakespeare. Because and you probably are because it, you need to see it performed. I feel like first, and then you can read it and actually pick apart the language. This is, I mean, a savior to teenagers who didn't do the reading everywhere. It's mm-hmm. a s- straightforward adaptation. They don't really change anything except for yeah, making it slightly more modern so you can deal with it. Um, and it's got a ton of great actors, and it's a lot of fun. Kevin Klein is hilarious. So yeah. There you go. I I read it, remember liking it, but it was a long time ago, and I will not pretend I understood everything. It feels like everyone's having a really fun time. It's true. Yes, for sure. They're uh, romping a lot. So much romping. There's some prancing. (laughs) So much prancing. (laughs) uh, A quick little bit of nepotism. Uh, If you're into Shakespeare and in the North Florida area, be sure to check out Macbeth at Shakespeare in the Park, starring my sister, her boyfriend, and the Beastmaster. What? Um, (laughs) The star, what? The star of Beastmaster. We have to go. <laughs> I think so. What? I'm so excited. Who's the Beastmaster playing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe King Lear. What play was this? Um, <laughs> Did you just say Macbeth? I, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> it's, it's, I wish I remembered his real name, but I did not know the Beastmaster lived in my hometown. He does. Uh, <gasps> the Beastmaster. I'm going to go... Uh, we're gonna give him his own. His I'm own, just like, imagining him in that costume the whole time, but like he's King Duncan, and he's like, he's just he's just got a crown, but he's got like a falcon on his arm the whole time. <laughs> they just need to be like the Beastmaster as himself. I, <laughs> he's all, he's all, yeah, he's all like oiled up and pecky. lube me. <laughs> it's it's summertime, no lube necessary. And uh, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to go up there with a pitch. I'm like, I want to make you Laser Times Andy Rooney. Complained about everything. Like, <laughs> Beastmaster, the Beastmaster bitches. That's what we'll call it. What's with all these wires? 
it's an HDMI cable. And there's one. It's never been more simple. Uh, we, next episode. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yes, with that out of the way, we can get into television of 1989. And a lot of things are going bye-bye as well. Um, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Um, well, that's right. I'm thinking of the next segment. Because yeah. that, for some reason, reads more 90s to me. Uh, ABC's... Monday, mm. a lot of TV movies. Yes. And so Ooh. this first one, I just want to give a trigger warning for uh, rape because I, this is a grim TV movie and I wouldn't normally talk about it except for I have such vivid memories of watching this and being very frightened by it. But it's called, on uh, the 10th, they had an ABC Monday night movie called Our Guys Outrage Bad at name. Glen Ridge. <laughs> Yeah, not to be confused with My Boys. <laughs> a charming comedy. <laughs> uh, but this was starring Ali Sheedy, Eric Stoltz, and Heather Matarazzo. Mm. I can never hey. pronounce her name. But yeah, it's a true story yeah. of a gang rape that occurred uh, by a football team in a small town uh, of a uh, mentally handicapped young woman where they lure <gasps> oh, her Jesus. into a basement and gang raped her with themselves and also other implements and it is rough it is i remember watching this for Disney whatever Network? reason Jesus. yeah and i it's kind of one of those things where i can't imagine this being a tv movie on primetime now i think there's enough <laughs> avenues via the news to shine a light on these things that we don't people don't really come to dramatizations of this anymore yeah. we kind of want to go yeah. to fiction to escape shit yeah. Or relive moments, and this doesn't qualify for either. Right. But, I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those fucking tale as old a time, as time, basically. Saying it should have a, have, shouldn't have a light shown on it. A bunch of uh, I, I feel like watching the Amy Schumer Friday Night Light sketch just to get the, the taste oh out God. of the description. That is great. <laughs> but, yeah. So, this was a really rough one. I remember it very vividly. It freaked me out so much as a kid when I watched it. But... Uh, I looked a little bit into the backstory and three the three main perpetrators in the real, because it's a true story, three main perpetrators mm-hmm. did get sentenced to 15 years in prison. On oh, appeal, what about finals? On appeal, <laughs> it actually got dropped down to seven years, which they actually served their full seven years oh, in prison. Shit. Okay. Um, and when they got out, they petitioned to be taken off the sex offender uh, list and they were denied. <laughs> Why? Yeah. All right. <laughs> that yeah. sounds... A little, that, that's actually a happy ending for it, me. I mean, you know, yes. as these things go, that's a much happier ending than they usually do. Sad that has exactly. to account for a happy ending. We see a lot of times it does not work out that way. But anyways, end of that talk, just wanted to... <laughs> end trigger warning. Start end listening trigger again. warning, yes. I just wanted to... <laughs> no, it, it I'm uh, good on you for doing yep. that. Yeah. Uh, but, all right. Then, you, you ladies want to gather around. Two days later, <laughs> we've got The Nanny. So this is the last season of The Nanny. Mm-hmm. I love The Nanny. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like mm-hmm. a full watcher. Like I didn't watch every season, but every time it would come on in reruns like on E! Or, you know, I think TV Land would run it a little bit. It's always so charming and like really brought me in. Fran Drescher is a delight. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I have this. I was drawn to it as well. And I, I'm not trying to sound crass, but like I've talked about how much I like Mama's Family. Mm-hmm. Because that was like a huge broad <laughs> comedy with like a really clear comedic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But Fran Drescher is that. Yeah. But is also incredibly attractive. Yeah. Like really easy <laughs> on the eyes, but a fucking to the rafters character. Loud as shit. She uh, is... Mm-hmm. Like every time she's on screen, your eye just cannot look away from her because she's wearing something amazing. I follow an Instagram that's called What Fran Wore, and it's basically (laughs) like every day a different outfit because it's crazy. So 
on the 12th. It's like your own little Met Gala every day. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so, first of all, do you remember the opening? Yeah. yeah. This is one of the best sitcom openings ever. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I pulled it. It's short, but go ahead and play it. It's going to bring people a lot of nostalgia, I think. She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her family. So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door, she was there to sell makeup, but the father saw more. She had style, she had class, she was there. That's how she became the nanny. So cute. It's, it's so weird. Even though the theme song told me, it's a total I stole the TV intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I didn't remember how they met. Yeah. <laughs> it's in, they, they just told you. Yep. There you go. Uh, it's just. I like the way you look. How would you like to take care of my kid? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. It's so cute. Is, is this like, I, I want to look into this because I feel like we did a laser time about this, right? About uh, theme songs that tell you the premise yeah. of the show. <laughs> yes. I love that. And how we don't have that anymore. Is this like mm-hmm. the most recent one? It, uh, only Arrested Development because like it, it doesn't, it has, it's 17 seconds and no, it's mostly a, narration. Yeah. It's narration. It's, it's not, not a, a theme song. song. Yeah. It's not a theme song. King of Queens has a hilariously cheesy theme song, but it's not specific about right. who he is. No, I want a specific one. Right. Mm-hmm. A Gilligan's exactly Island, a mystery science eater. These guys are in space for this reason. Chill yep. out. It's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's that's that was something I learned from going behind the scenes of Mystery Science. He's like, I don't want to have to explain this every time the show's on. So mm-hmm. the theme song can do that. You'll get it. Relax. And- well, yeah, the the nanny. This finale is like super weird because it's two part finale mm-hmm. starts tonight where Fran and Maxwell mm-hmm. are married. They and are she's, officially married. Yes, mm-hmm. and she's pregnant actually. Oh, oh my god! And it's their first anniversary and. <laughs> The two side characters are, I guess, on again, off again. They hate each other, but they love each other. Mm-hmm. And so there's a kind of a cliffhanger with them getting together, and she goes into labor. So that's the finale. The first part of it is this week. The next part of it is next week. After that, they show six more episodes <laughs> out of order what? that were just from earlier in the season that they would have played, but they didn't. That's they just crazy. It must have been like pushed. a sports situation. It was so weird. Aww. Yeah. So I, because it took me a second to figure out, like, wait a minute, this isn't the last episode. <laughs> it's just the finale. I remember when shit like that would happen. It's yeah. So weird. Like, I thought we Aww. closed the book on this, but I yeah. haven't seen this episode yet. Right. Uh, but the nanny, the nanny t- coming to a close. Um, again, watch it. Yeah. We have a commentary on a Patreon for that Conan O'Brien special, and he makes her laugh. And like, Fran, look what your laugh did. And they like release a f- flock of goats from backstage. <laughs> 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 One of my favorite moments in Conan history. Um, and I don't remember this at all. And I actually don't even know if I know this guy's name from anywhere other than uh, Coming to America, but there's a Rocky Marciano TV movie, and I only want to say it like Eddie Murphy working in a barbershop. Jean Favreau, uh, Penelope Ann Miller, and Judd Hirsch in in, in Rocky Marciano? Yeah. I'd sign him immediately. A hero. My price is going through the roof, which means I'll be able to pull you out of this damn factory for good. A legend. Based on the true story of the only undefeated heavyweight champion in the history of boxing. There's a guy dying down the hall and you want a souvenir like I'm big. John Favreau, Penelope Ann Miller, Judd Hirsch, Tony Lobianco, and Academy Award winner George C. Scott as Pyrino. 
Rocky Marciano. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. It, it is so weird to see Favreau in shape. Yes. Right. Especially. Well, actually, like he's done it. He's gone back and forth so often. Really I, you, you would worry about exactly. his health. Except that, like, I don't know. I was just talking about this rewatching the Marvel movies. With my dad. Let's get you some hamburgers. Uh, but uh, but that uh, that dude's kicked off the Marvel universe, <laughs> and he's directing yep. Lion King in like a few months. So he's yeah. he's in and a producer of the most profitable movie of all time, which he helped start. Mm-hmm. And then he's making more shit, and then he's starring in stuff. Who's had a more amazing career than John Favreau? It's pretty incredible. Holy it's shit. A- it is a strange career, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so he was like he was like the epitome of the struggling actor. Mm-hmm. I, I think at this at the point of Swingers, and now mm-hmm. look at him, dude. He's like the guy, the shepherd of the biggest franchises in the world because he made some smart career yep. moves. Yep. And it's also fun that this is we're not too far removed from his run on Friends, right? Mm-hmm. Where his whole thing That's about right. I want to become the ultimate fighter. Yes, and. Only it just gets wrecked over and over and over, and at the same time he's training to be in shape to play like one of the greatest boxers of all time. I know it's kind of amazing, okay. and I did not want to be the one to bring up friends this time, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate that. I can't even remember what movie he's in with Jennifer Aniston, where he also plays a fighter boxer guy. Is it Vince the Breakup, hmm. or is that the Four Christmases where he plays Vince Vaughn's brother? The Four Christmases. Okay, see, hmm. but he's also ripped there too, and then mm-hmm. you see him in the next movie. He's never mind. Uh, but moving on, SNL this week. I don't know why I haven't seen this. Sarah Michelle Gellar hosts with the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, uh, a very nineties thing to say. It's like I don't. I've never seen a boy band as a musical guest on SNL, and I don't. That just seems weird. Think about mm. it. Like I haven't. New Kids, In Sync, you name it. I have not seen Take That nor <laughs> mm. uh, Menudo, uh, nor Menudo, nor uh, the Jonas. Bro- I've never seen any of them on SNL. So I, I, huh. I just assumed there was, there was some. Fucking weird moratorium, Lauren Michaels. I probably got burned by Menudo in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. It happened to the replacements. Uh, but also on, right. on, on... So we have a triumvirate of uh, TV movies, and you can take your pick All because right. there's something for like everyone. Every network the same night? Every network the same night. <laughs> I don't know how, should we just play the trailers? We all pick which one we want to see. Okay. Okay, so the first one is Double Platinum starring Diana Ross and Brandy. Ooh, this one's going to I already want this one. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one I picked too. She made the most painful decision a mother could ever make. I did the unforgivable. ABC presents the story of a woman. I'm your mother. Determined to make things right. Can't you give me a chance to be the mother that you need now? Diana Ross, Brandy, Double Platinum, an ABC premiere movie event. What, I can't mouth the lyrics. We, you ever love somebody? Chris and I simultaneously, <laughs> without looking at each other, started snapping rhythmically to, this, to the trailer. <laughs> It's just odd to sneak in a Brandy song during a period piece like that. Yeah. All right. Um, so double platinum. With pla- What's the unforgivable thing she did with her daughter? She gave her Stripping up. For parts? She was, she was <laughs> getting to be a star and gave up her daughter okay. at a young age, went off to make it in the big city. Mm-hmm. And then her Pretend daughter. that her dad isn't Barry Gordon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> and then her daughter came to became a great singer and they encounter each other later and, uh, you know, she has to forgive her for giving Fight her Fight for a little bit. And then I have a series of just unshakable duet albums. Exactly. That, that, that's how that should mm, work out. Yeah. Uh, or, hmm. or you could look at the CBS Sunday movie, Joan of Arc, starring, okay. because the trailer tells you who's in it. And it's everyone. Is it is it a modern day setting? or a, No. Okay. 
Sunday, May 16th, CBS presents the television event of the year. Joan of Arc, Peter O'Toole, Jacqueline Bessette, Powers Booth, Peter Strauss, Neil Patrick Harris, Shirley MacLaine, Maximilian Schell, Olympia Dukakis, Robert Loggia, yes. and Lily Sobieski as the legendary Joan of Arc. Today our noble king will have a great victory. A world premiere miniseries coming Sunday, May 16th to CBS. The voices in your head are right, Joan. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this one's definitely a close second Funny. choice for me uh-huh. uh, because Joan I is think my. I watched part of this. Oh, I definitely watched it because Joan was my confirmation name uh, when what? I got confirmed uh-huh. as a Catholic. Uh, because of Joan of Arc, Saint Joan of Arc so is, my, is my patron saint. <gasps> yeah, and uh, I'm a little, as a Catholic, I'm a little salty that they kind of are like, yeah, she was a fierce warrior. And it's like she was hearing voices from God. That's mm-hmm. kind of the point of all of this. But <laughs> 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 it's fine. I don't think I've ever seen an adaptation of Joan of Arc. Joan of Arcadia. They've done fully a lot. Behind. Oh, I love Joan of Arcadia. <laughs> There's been a bunch. I believe we have one coming up mm. later oh. this year. So I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, oh, they're going to make a, a big budget adaptation of this story that's free and there's no copyright <laughs> on it. Oh, and well, we can beat him to the punch then. And fully like plays into 90s girl power, mm-hmm. you know, badassness. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, the eternally tough that's Lily true. Sobieski. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a weird choice. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. Or uh, okay. you got your Sunday or your MEC Sunday movie, Atomic Train, starring Rob Lowe, Chris <laughs> Davis, and Isai Morales. If we're basically on names right. alone, I was already putting this one at the front. I figured as it, much. It, if this has anything to do with radioactivity, bombs, or moving vehicles, I'm in. Uh, yeah. This year, yes! trains yes! will carry on, 80 tons of nuclear material <laughs> through your backyard. What if one day something went wrong atomic train nbc may wow i had no yeah. idea they adapted blast core into a movie uh I don't know what that means. the game people out there will understand gotcha <laughs> <laughs> but it's i think that's been the plot of several other movies maybe mm. including unstoppable is that and did that have the denzel washington nuclear, train movie i don't know what it, it the train couldn't stop well, that's tra- scary. Yeah. But imagine if, if, if that you, train was radioactive. Right. If Sandra Bullock had uh, <laughs> uranium lined yeah. in her pockets and speed, it'd right. be the exact same premise. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd have to be, but this still looks really dumb. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> it, lo- it looks like a dark dad version of Millions, a movie I'd really like. Oh, I love Mark. I love that movie. <laughs> it's really good. Um, but to be honest, though, it is a real problem. Mm-hmm. Like transporting uh, radioactive materials across the United States, mm-hmm. it is actually something that we studied in class in environmental health. Like most of the time, it is on a train, mm-hmm. and a lot of trains mm-hmm. do go through the center of small towns. Where do you uh, think I get? States. Where do you think I get my ingredients for meth? There you trains. Go. Oh. But. I read that in a, a book called Breaking Bad. Um, in <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, TV movies, you have your you have pick your pick, y'all. And so, what, what, did you both double down on double platinum, or did we each, we each take one for ourselves? I mean, yeah, double platinum is tempting, but I think I'm going to have to go with Joan of Arc. Okay, okay. I'm sticking with double platinum. I'll take Atomic Train, and cool. now we can all watch, now we don't, we don't have to hang out together. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we can all go to our individual rooms and watch TV alone. <laughs> 
uh, and video games in 1999. This is a, a pretty big deal, and I, that I wish it could speak with more authority of. But I totally missed out on Street Fighter Three. Um, Sarah's wearing a Street Fighter jersey as we speak. Um, and uh, not by choice. Street Fighter Two, I think, it was a household name. And Street Fighter Four mm-hmm. kicked off the fighting game renaissance, and in between, like I think it just took Capcom too long to make a Street Fighter Three, and by the time they did, three mm-hmm. D fighters were kind of out there, out and about. And it was two D, and it was super technical. And I think this is the this is the third version of three because we all remember Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two Turbo Championship Edition, Super Street Fighter Two, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. There's multiple iterations of each Street <laughs> yes, Fighter. Yes, we all remember these. We all remember that. Yes. This is Third Strike. It's finally got a theme song that says its name. I remember being excited by that. Uh, but I think this is a one I think I think a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. But I don't have mm-hmm. any experience with, with Street Fighter 3 at all. Let alone its Third Strike. So why don't we just close down 1999 and get to stuff we do know in 2009. Uh, but we'll take you out with, uh, why not, uh, Who Dat? by JT Money featuring Soul Soleil. Am I saying that right? That's on the charts this week. Uh, when we get back, be prepared for some 2009 loveliness. Competing sketch shows. Ooh, it's going to be good. The Now who that old bread sucker trying to hang with the click? Bugging like you bang with the click, but would you bang with the click if it was thick? Or do you just ride tip? Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. There will definitely be spoilers coming, and I got one of the greatest people ever to participate in a, a thought barrage on Endgame. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Baker. Wow, that's that's quite the intro. Greatest people ever. Um, Dude, but just you know. but I'm so I have so many questions about the Marvel universe. I've been texting with Brett. He asked me to relay some of his thoughts, but I just wanted to get the, get it out immediately because one, I, I didn't feel Endgame was coming. Again, I'll, we'll keep the spoilers light for the beginning, but you really shouldn't listen to this unless you've seen it. The promotional materials don't tell you a fucking thing about this movie. I love it. It's it's crazy. I've never seen a movie hold so like hold so many cards back in its promotional materials. And I wasn't truly excited about the movie because they weren't really showing us what the movie was. I think there are about there are over a hundred surprises in this thing that you will not see coming. Yeah, every few minutes, and you know the the, the plot goes places that. You know, even if you know the comics, there might be like things where you think something's going to happen because you know the comics and then it doesn't. Above all else, though, it's just a good movie right. that is, uh, you know, kind of the perfect way to cap this whole 11 year journey we've all been on. Right. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We're looking even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of May 10th through the 16th, solid recommends uh, all, all over the place and a really interesting tidbit from history that I 
have to share with you guys because I, I just this blew my mind. So let's start with 50 years ago this week, May 15th, 1969, an American teenager known as Robert R. dies in St. Louis, Missouri of a baffling medical condition. Everything just stops working on this kid and they, they could never figure out what happened. In 1984, they confirm he was the first AIDS death in North America. In 1969, just, oh my God. Just, I, like, I read and the band played on and I did not realize it went back that far. So, um, you wanna watch the HBO version of and the band played on in commemoration of that, I guess? I don't know. Then, uh, let's see. I do have finally a hundred year old movie I can recommend, but it's not the recommendation of the year. For, I do have a hundred year old rec. I do have a hundred year old recommendation finally, but it's not going to be my main recommended the the week because uh, it's got yellow face in it. But uh, D.W. Griffith's Broken Blossoms came out this week in 1919, and um, it's well made, but it's weird because it's about a Chinese guy who falls in love with the dainty white pure woman and. <laughs> It's important for film history, but uh, not the real recommend this week. That is definitely going to be this week, 60 years ago. 1959 saw the release of Francois Truffaut's Le Cultural Tons. Francois Truffaut's Le Cultural Sans Coup, or The 400 Blows. Um, Stop laughing. Yes, it's called The 400 Blows, but it's not like that. It's about a child, you sicko. And uh, I think this is my favorite French New Wave movie. Really, it's a coming-of-age film where not a lot happens, but it, you feel like stuff is happening. You know, it's about uh, a kid who's like kind of like a tween, and his parents don't really understand him. They're pretty poor. There's a lot of friction in the home. He practically lives under the stairs like Harry Potter, and it's just about him like ditching school and trying to figure stuff out and all like on the street ground level you know in paris in the 50s so that's always cool like it's like being in a time machine to see all like weird french cars will start distracting you as you're watching it like oh my god the front door is like the front of the car on that thing but besides being distracted by neat period details it's it's very moving it's just it's because it's so weird to describe like french new wave films because it's sort of like impressionist painting for me where it's like it's not about literal facts or plot it's kind of about the feeling so just like world of apu the other week if you liked roma or you like that and you haven't seen the 400 blows definitely watch the 400 blows um again important for film history and also enjoyable to watch it's always weird when something doesn't feel like homework and you end up watching something for like film school and then you're like holy shit i loved that so 400 blows definitely the recommend for this week and that's it for this week stay classic promise, Diana, that none of these guys are Bill Hader, and this is not a sketch. One of them kind of looks like Steve Carell. <laughs> Kinda. No, that's, uh, the devil went down to Norway. <laughs> <laughs>
No, that's the Eurovision Song Contest winner. This week, Alexander Rybeck's Fairy Tale from Norway. Does that does that mean Sarah, are you familiar with the Eurovision Song Contest I that Dana am. brings up every I year? Am. So yes. is, does that mean you've been with us for a year now? I have been. I think that's happy anniversary, dear. Oh yay, thanks. <laughs> yay. Yeah. Diana's been. This is the fourth. I never heard of this until you brought this to my attention. But if you can go over what the Eurovision Song Contest is again, it'd be lovely. Again, well, yeah, I brought it up. I mean, we had one last week, I think, but I didn't play it. Um, yeah, the Eurovision Song Contest is this amazing musical contest every year that includes Europe, but also like Malta and Israel, and uh, every country has a song that they vote on and they nominate this is like the best original song that we have and then they all compete against each other and all the different countries get to vote like an american idol kind of thing it's like you can vote for everyone but not yourself and there's all kinds of crazy rules and points and stuff but every year the productions get bigger and nuttier and it's so big and crazy it becomes viral on youtube so you can actually finally start seeing it in the u.s now took like 20 years but that's awesome. It, oh, it is the show me what you got for white people, Rick and Morty fans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, odd that this really it's, exists. It's crazy. It's like, I mean, each production is like not quite Super Bowl halftime show, but often there's like fire and dancers and circus stunts and naked ladies and all for like some pop song. It's, yeah. it's just it. like a pop song. But, but usually, in my experience, like leaning on, leaning on a little bit of local flavor too, or some forgotten piece of, his, I don't know, colloquial music. Yeah, like, yeah. Hence the fiddle well, there. Yeah, I mean, every every country has, you know, there's things that are popular in their country. Mm-hmm. Um, some things that, you know, they don't. I they think they changed. They finally did change the rules where it used to be you had to sing in your national language. Mm. But they've, I think they've changed it so you can sing in English now. So like, this is in English, but Sweet. maybe there's a Norwegian version. Let's hope they get Rammstein in there. Oh. And <laughs> it's catchy. Well, every now and then a country will have like, like a joke guy. Like when I, I was over in England, the first time I watched it was in 97, 98, when I was over in England. And the German entry was like a comedian, a German comedian singing this really goofy song who's like an old bald dude and he's like stomping around the stage singing about like how much he loves you. And it's clearly a joke that like we're not getting, but in Germany they fucking loved it. That's awesome. Uh, lovely. But in case that, that music wasn't an indicator cause it kind of wasn't, this is 2009 baby and boom, <laughs> oh, no, boom, pow. You've upset my dog. By the black eyed peas is he still number one. Song. No, he's singing boom, boom, pow. He just only has one octave. <laughs> um, New releases this week, May 10th through the 16th, 2009. We have Crime Pays by Cameron. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Divided by yeah. Night by... I've, I've encountered the name before. I just never had to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, Divided by Night by the Crystal Method. That's a good variation. Uh, Quick in the Heart by Maximo Park and Sewn Together by the Meat Puppets. Again, this is 2009. It's just weird to be talking about the Meat Puppets. Uh, welcome to 2009. Yeah. And once again, what the fuck? We have another... People's most beautiful person, people. Yep. Person's yeah. most beautiful people. Uh, number one is Christina Applegate. Huh? Okay. I, I mean, I don't disagree. That woman's gorgeous yes. and has been for decades. But like, what was she doing in two thousand nine that yeah. we were all thinking about Christina Applegate? Um, I believe is this right around? This is somewhere around the time she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes, she was. Oh. I did not know yeah. this. I did not know yeah, this. Yeah, she. 
Uh, yeah, August 2008, she reported she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, yeah, she got a double mastectomy uh, in what, about August 2008. So, yeah, she's got that BRA, BRCA1 uh, gene. Well, I, I knew it wasn't so Anchorman she, or Anchorman 2, which is both yeah, definitively better than cancer. Uh, okay, good for you, Christina Applegate. You've earned it. I even like seeing that dumb M&M's commercial that keeps popping up on my streamies. Uh, <laughs> movies of 2009. Man, I have been so afraid for years to, to watch this movie. Uh, S. Darko? The straight Did you finally watch it? No, hell no. Like, it's, well, <laughs> no. I, I like I, I, I it, it, it took me a while to like come around to Donnie Darko in general, mm. but it is mm. a, a lovely little charming uh, piece of early two thousands movies. But mm-hmm. like the idea that whatever company decided like, eh, fuck this guy, let's make a sequel to his movie without um, any of his input, mm. and you get yeah. S. Darko and like, no, I, the, the reviews were not good for this at all. It was actually like, oh, they were cruel. Yeah, it was pretty savage because like. No one involved in the original had anything to do with this one. Well, mm. and there's a reason if you've seen the movie. Yeah. But <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's too lazy to be in this Donnie Darko sequel. Um, so is Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, is he still with us in 09? I can't even remember. Yeah. Uh, but no, as Darko no. is out this week, yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen it. I've been too afraid. I did see no, Tyson. I've heard only terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> I did, I did. Um, Tyson is really good. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know, when the dust settles on my life, love or hate Mike Tyson and I'm I've done both like he is one of the more fascinating icons who's been around in my lifetime man mm-hmm. I, I I will not not watch anything he's involved with on a documentary level mm. he yeah. fascinating dude this is yeah this is a but a James Toback mm-hmm. documentary and Toback is uh he's a creep but mm-hmm. he's making a movie also about someone about with a creep. problems mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna say so yeah, it's interesting. I mean, so much of it is just Mike Tyson explaining his life, and he's, like, so unfiltered. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting, just hearing about, yeah, like, his trainer basically became his dad, and he had nothing and no one except pigeons. He loves his pigeons, and kids, when kid killed one of his pigeons and sent him over the edge, and he talks about the rape allegations, or, well, conviction, mm-hmm. and... Uh, He's had other he's many, had many problems. One of the weirdest lives ever from childhood to adulthood to his sports career to afterwards. Mm-hmm. He's, I don't envy yeah. him for the life he's had, even though he's had a pri- pretty privileged one. But he clearly is a dude that's in pain a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, mm. Confused and in pain a lot of the time. And um, yeah, it, I never get tired of hearing Mike Tyson about Mike Tyson in his own words uh, because he can be, he can be like brutal and. Uh, concise about certain things mm-hmm. in his own life, mm-hmm. and 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 he's he's not really shy about talking about it. But I, it's been so long; I have not seen this in forever. Mm-hmm. But I've seen like forty Mike Tyson movies since the, Mike Tyson documentaries since then. So I never <laughs> get tired of them. I've probably seen more Mike Tyson documentaries than he had professional fights. It, it's 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 crazy. Uh, and I I don't even like boxing. I just love Punch Out that much. Uh, okay, Rudo y Cursi. Featuring Diego. See? Wait, wait. What wait, is, is this not? This is not. Uh, no, it can't YouTube? be. It's 09. Uh, no. Gail Garcia Bernal. It's not. Is this a sequel? This is not a sequel. E2 to Mama 2. E2 Mama Tambien. Yeah. E2 Mama 2. But it is repairing Diego Luna and Gail Garcia Bernal. It's directed by Alfonso Coron's brother, Carlos. Um and it is about two brothers who live in a shitty little town 
uh, growing bananas, and they love el football. Ah. And uh, they're really good at it. And a scout comes to town and says, well, I can only take one of you. And so they flip a coin on it. And then it's about their lives going on diverging paths. And it's a lot of it's a comedy. Hmm. Like, it's, I think you want to technically call it a comedy, but it's also sort of a sports movie and also sort of, you know, a brother drama. It's, it's um, the Spanish yeah, legal their own. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, all, you're not too far off. Yeah, it's like you're not too far off yes. with some of the League of Their Own vibe. Yes. Kinda. Um, yeah, it's it's very enjoyable. I mean, those two together, like Itamama Tambien, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they just, some about just their chemistry. They're just so much fun together. And uh, yeah, I really like it. Also, it's produced by Guillermo del Toro, Alfonso Cuaron, and Alejandro uh, Gonzalez Iñárritu. So it's wow. damn wow. It's it's the Mexican filmmaker Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like they were all having it drinks has, one night and like let's just make our own fucking good movie. Yeah, Jesus, it has our there. It definitely has the bona fides. I don't I don't want to go to oh, the yeah. wine scenes anymore to borrow money to make a film. Let's <laughs> yeah. do our own. I feel like something bad's gonna happen to that guy. Maybe we should get out of here. He's a real creep. This is. This is still pretty bizarre because this whole segment, I have not heard of any of these. Mm. I, I didn't know that the Itumama guys teamed up together again. I would have gone to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I've never heard of uh, My Cocaine's Is My Anybody Cocaine. There? <laughs> is... I hadn't either, but I want to watch it now. Ooh. So what happens? Does he get the Alzheimer's and he can't remember who he is? Yep. A little bit? I forgot what sentence I was just... <laughs> Only seventeen. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that would do a really bad Michael Caine, but I do a great The Trip impression. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah. The commitment that you like. Uh, Michael Caine, Bill Miner, David Morsey, and uh, Anne Marie Duff is in anybody. Is anybody there? For Edward. Oh, is she dead? Growing up in Lark Hall, life was anything but ordinary. This is Bimari. Yeah, well, I, I used to have a beautiful wife and all my own teeth. Your life changes. You're very fortunate, you know. You've got all these old people around with all these amazing stories. Are you a magician? I'll go with that. Why don't you start again? I was wondering if you might accompany me on an expedition. I'm in. Oh, I totally want to watch this. I'm in. I'm down for the yeah. Hugo of magicians. This gives me some Danny Boyle vibes <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah kind of does. Yeah. So Michael Caine is, uh, yeah, a former magician who now moves into his old folks' home where this kid lives, who's also obsessed with like, is there a soul? Because he's around dying people all the mm. time. So that's where the title comes from. Is anybody there? Mm. You know, if there's like an afterlife or God, or whatever. And it's so weird because I like just watch. I just rewatched The Prestige. Ooh. And I love that movie so fucking so much. It so gets bad. better every time. I watch it tonight. And Michael King gets better every time. And any any movie now where he leans into the old and the Cockney, mm. I am there for. <laughs> Elephant <laughs> Castle also. Mm-hmm. Really damn good. I, so, I, I'm yeah, there for... said his performance is fabulous in this, so I'm going to go watch it. I'm there for... If you can if you have a description and it contains the two words, disgrace magician, mm. I'm always there. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, we it's, have bandied about the idea of doing a laser time about magic, <laughs> like sleight of hand magic yeah. in uh, pop culture, because I, you made us watch that reality show. 
Oh, the Penn and Teller thing. Yes, I disappeared. Uh, I so disappeared into YouTube loops with that thing every love once in a while. Like, what's what, who hates a magic trick? Jesus Christ! I love it. Uh, oh, okay. I, I think I don't know if I'm going to watch that tonight. But the Prestige is now live on the list. Thank you, Ty. <laughs> uh, I have never heard of Management, one of the many Steve Zahn movies I've never heard of. Uh, it also I has Jennifer. Hadn't either, and I don't want to now. Jennifer Aniston and Fred Ward in Management. Champagne. Why? Would you like me to open it for you? Ooh, here's to people being happy. You have a great butt. Do you do this a lot, Mike? Very rarely. Does it ever work? Never. You can touch my butt. Very warm. Sue, hi! What are you doing here? I thought, I'm just gonna go for it. With me? Yes. What? It was a far-flung notion. It's a stupid notion. She's logical. What the fuck is this? I don't get it. Uh, it's a stalker romantic comedy. Cool. Love those. Steve Zahn works at his family's motel. Jennifer Aniston's there for a night. Uh, he really likes her. And then he starts following her and stalking her. She goes back to her life and she's got a boyfriend who's Woody Harrelson and he won't leave her alone. This is what happens, ladies, when you let people touch your butt. That's why they, that's not like you're doing it. We don't I thought we usually were past let this. people touch our butts. <laughs> I know, but she was clearly feeling pity. She had a mouthful of champagne at some point. Mm. Uh. Yeah. I just even in two thousand nine I thought we were past this as a <laughs> as a concept, but uh, mm. yeah, no. Mm-mm. I don't know. I, and I really like Steve Zahn. Played mm. one of my favorite I characters like in Planet of the Apes. A lot. I yeah. do too. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, oh man! Uh, oh boy! Yeah, no one wants to go up against angels and demons. So yeah, dust off your book club jackets. Bro. Uh, I don't this know movie. why Sarah watched this. <laughs> Tom Hanks, Elite Zur. Elite Zur and Ewan McGregor. I can tell in the number one movie, Angels and Demons. Professor Langton. You're from the Vatican. They say to show you this. My God. A mystery only he can solve. It's a sign. Earth, air, fire, water. We reveal a threat only he can stop. This stolen canister could destroy an entire city. On May 15th, the phenomenon of the Da Vinci Code continues. Each statue held a clue pointing to the next. If I can find that coded path, we can stop it. Tom Hanks in a Ron Howard film, Angels and Demons. I tried watching wow. these, and I've never been able to get through a single one. So mm. we watched it this weekend, and I actually took notes because... <laughs> Is that what you're, you're sitting next to you? Yes, because I Sam and I were watching it, and I was like, okay, wait, let me get this straight, what the plot is. And we were explaining it to each other, and I was like, this sounds like a dream. Like when someone is explaining a dream to you, and it doesn't make any sense, and you're like, What? So, if I, I may, my teacher became my foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it so it starts out with the Large Hadron Collider okay. that plays into it, <sighs> and apparently, as prophesized by Da Vinci, right? And so apparently, they made these canisters of antimatter. What? And then someone <laughs> steals it, and oh, then no. also, what's happening is that. Someone kidna- so the Pope dies, and someone kidnaps the top four Pope candidates, America's oh, no. next top Pope, the top four, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, le- your bets. sends a note to the uh, Swiss Guard, you mm-hmm. know, who's in charge of keeping Vatican City safe and bloody blow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Illuminati, you guys. <laughs> oh, no! 
finally revealed themselves. And so they get Tom Hanks involved because he wrote a book about the Illuminati. And then he pairs up with the beautiful scientist to help create the antimatter canister. Mm -hmm. And apparently the Illuminati basically sent a message that said, we're going to kill one of these cardinals on the hour, every hour until midnight, where then the entire city will be engulfed in light, which they figure out, oh, they've got the antimatter canister as well. And they're going to set that off, which is like Mm -hmm. a humongous nuclear blast. And so then Tom Hanks <laughs> goes down into the Vatican Solves basement. a couple puzzles on a map? What? Yeah. <laughs> steals part of Galileo's third journal that nobody knew about. Read a watermark. Don't base your heist on things I can get in a museum. <laughs> People. And then, and then solves a scavenger hunt, basically, <laughs> for like four different cathedrals that have... Each of the elements represented. It is gobbledygook, you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. It I, I, is so bad. I can't, I can't think of a better example of the stratification of like pop culture in general. Yeah. Like these Ron Howard movies starring the world's most recognizable and liked person about one of the biggest selling books ever. And I know no one who's spoken about them or seen them. Yeah. But I know there. I know people are seeing them. Well, the Da Vinci Code was huge. No, no, I know. Yes. Yeah, but the sequel dropped off a cliff for I sure. <laughs> but I, I loved. I loved the only thing I loved more than talking to people about that Tom Hanks Black mm-hmm. Jeopardy sketch in SNL. Mm-hmm. That that Tom Hanks is there promoting a third Da Vinci Code movie, and like mm-hmm. he even showed up on SNL. And oh, I didn't know there was a third movie. Like, yeah, I have seen totally none of the advertisements. I'm not interested. I had no idea Tom Hanks was doing that. Mm-hmm. There's a guy. There's a guy doing the big song with Tom Hanks in Italy, like fucking three years ago, and like with next to Ron Howard. And at no point did it occur to me they're promoting a third Da Vinci Code movie, a movie I still can't name. I can't remember the name of it. Right. I looked it up, and mm. I can't remember the name. The of The stratification third one. of pop culture yeah. has gone nuts. That like, what the fuck was that movie? What is the series? I try. I remember I tried. This is the first time I tried when uh, when when TBS or TNT had an mm-hmm. on-demand service at my parents' house, and like. Mm-hmm. Ew, you still censor everything and keep in all the commercials? Who wants this? <laughs> it's it's because we were asking, who is this for exactly? Because it, <sighs> it kind of demonizes the church a little bit mm-hmm. in that it kind of goes into the church's history of um, silencing scientists no. like Galileo and Galileo. But, you know, in the end... Obviously the worst thing the Catholic Church has ever done. Right. We're supposed to care (laughs) about these four cardinals that were kidnapped. Like, Mm -hmm. they're the head of a huge cabal of child molestation ring, the biggest one in the world. Like, why are we caring about this? Yes, way bigger than Michael Jackson. I was really quick to throw him out, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... Watched a chunk of Da Vinci Code and I watched like a little bit. I like I caught part of the middle of this again. It was like on TBS or something one mm-hmm. of these days. And I I I like all the location shots. <laughs> it's oh look, they're in Rome and Rome yeah. is really pretty. Let it be known, Diana does not but, hate shots of Italy. True. I don't I don't want to yes. be saying that in the comments. And I love but, puzzles. <laughs> I love solving a puzzle. I, I love solving puzzles too. But I hate when bad guys leave puzzles. Yeah. Why? Why are you bothering? <laughs> you could get away with it if you weren't giving them an opportunity to stop you, you yeah. idiot. Yes. That's why the Riddler is the worst bad guy of all time. <laughs> but he was. Also, they don't even bother either this 
or DaVinci Code, give me a red herring. There's like, oh, I yeah. look at the cast list and I know who the bad guy is. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I don't right. know what your role is. Oh. I don't know what your game is, but I know you're the bad guy. It sucks too, because they put in the ultimate red herring, which is Stellan Skarsgård. Okay. Oh. But oh. yeah, he's such an obvious red herring. Like it's, it's, it's definitely. Well, okay. At least they tried. They then. tried. At least there's one possible bad guy. Yeah. Who I bet it turns out he's actually a good guy. He's just a stickler for the rules. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I was no, only trying to care. protect my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I was being cagey in that interview. It's, this is silly. So silly. <laughs> and so silly that I'm like, so at I the like end. I like gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> Ewan McGregor gets a hold of the antimatter ca- canister and is like, "I'm going to save Vatican City." Guess what? When he was a child, or when he was a young man, he uh, was in the Italian military, so he knows how to fly a helicopter. So he takes oh. the canister in the helicopter, flies straight <laughs> up into the air over St. Peter's Square, and then parachutes down as the canister explodes in the atmosphere. Wow. Because the canister is on a timer, where if the timer, oh if the battery runs out, <laughs> then the antimatter will come in, touch, in contact with matter, and a huge nuclear explosion will happen. <sighs> so do we all feel like we're high now? Because I, I feel like you just described an entire season of 24. <laughs> but this is the Vatican. This movie sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my mom's going to be really disappointed 10 I'm years sorry, ago. I'm sorry, Miss Antista. No. Hey, my grandma. I don't know my mom's into this shit. Uh Man, this is uh, it's such an interesting phenomenon to me, though, that like, yeah, I don't know anybody other than you who's seen this movie now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's but is this anyone's favorite movie? Is yeah. it even their favorite movie of the year? No. Of the month? It's impossible. This is disposable. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll find a little less disposable entertainment in television 2009. I know some of it we will, yeah. but I don't know Gossip Girl. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been holding myself back from talking about Gossip Girl Mm -hmm. because I do love it. But this was a one-off episode, Valley Girls, where it was set up kind of like a um, a potential pilot spinoff for a show set in the 80s. Basically, Serena Vanderwoodson, who is Mm -hmm. played by Blake Lively. It's a story of her mom and her mom's adventures as a kid in the 80s in uh in la and starring britney stowe britney snow and christian ritter and oh. they were setting it up to be a spinoff Jesse that just Jones? never yeah. went really? anywhere yeah like that episode of stranger things all the punk kids like the like yeah. obvious spinoff <laughs> right exactly yeah. i kind of find that an interesting phenomenon Me where too. i and i hate those episodes mm-hmm. where it's like oh oh you're setting this up to be another they come thing. across very strange and this has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the story and we could just do without this Huh. But, yeah. what am, wait, no, I'm, Gilmore Girls is what I'm supposed to watch soon because yes. we're coming up on that. Oh, yeah. That's a tease, people. Hell we're really yeah. good at this business. <laughs> uh, and uh, speaking of Sarah. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh-oh. The premiere of the show about the worst people in the world, The Real Housewives yeah. of New Jersey. I, I Again, I, I, if you listen to bonus time, I, I sometimes complain about my life. This is not, I'm not filing this under complaint because mm-hmm. I've done this to many people. It's probably how my girlfriend felt when or maybe even Diana when all of us get together and discuss Marvel movies mm-hmm. at length. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I feel with my whole friend group because they all seem to be on this Real Housewives Vanderpump shit and I'm oh, not. Yes. And I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. It, Hawkeye became, then <laughs> became Ronin. It's like that, that, I'm hearing the equivalent of that about Real Housewives. It's true. I you know, know. I, it's, 
No, you're you're really close with that analogy. It's more like wrestling. It is. It is because oh, none of it matters. It's all fake. Yeah. How could you be so stupid to not to take this seriously? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I can't stand you. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go drink a bunch of white wine now and throw things. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm a huge stand for Bravo and everything it produces. <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> franchise, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Fight me in the comments. But yeah, I hate New Jersey. It is oh, the just worst the New Jersey. of the worst. Yeah, I'll like all watch a lot of other Atlanta, Housewives. Orlando. Atlanta. How many are there? Oh, there's right now, currently, there's Atlanta, Dallas, Potomac, Beverly Potomac? Hills. Potomac? Mm -hmm. Okay, there's got to be like 70 if we went there. Beverly Hills, uh Orange County, Branson, New York, Maui. <laughs> I think I got them all. I Did I say Dallas? Oh yeah, yeah. You said Dallas. Dallas. Real Housewives Dynasty. Um, but New Jersey also still going, and it is the worst of the worst. Just mm -hmm. like the dumbest housewives. Hot trash. Yeah, and they all yeah. look exactly the same. Like <laughs> thick brown hair, lots of makeup. Horrible. Is it exactly husbands. what I'm thinking? Like the, the Goodfellas hairdressing scene? They yes. spit on the own floors. Who does it? Get your fucking hands <laughs> off me. You'll kick your ass. I will yeah. fucking... Pretty much. But so I pulled because the. Because opening... you're a prostitution whore. Exactly. That is a line from an episode later on that in the season. That is the only thing I know about this show. And if you think that we're going to go by that episode and not talk about it, you're wrong. Okay. We're going to okay. talk about it. But the best thing about The Real Housewives is the opening where they introduce everyone and everyone has their own catchphrase. Yeah. And so I went and pulled this opening because it's so funny because everyone sounds like they're full of Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> if you think I'm a bitch, then bring it on. People make fun of Jersey girls, but I think they're just jealous. If you're going to mess with my family, you're messing with me. Everyone likes to have nice things, but I'm not one to brag about it. You're either going to love me or hate me. There is no in-between with me. I have no this shades. such low-rent horseshit. Right. Like they are, yeah. cannot even be bothered to put any emotion in their voice. It's hilarious. Describe yourself. I don't want to. I, <laughs> glug. My husband's <laughs> a gorilla. What, what else am I going to say? In the sheets and in the streets. So keep your fucking hands off me. So. <laughs> anyway, that would have been more interesting. here to make friends. <laughs> oh, they're all related too, by the way. Are they really? Yeah. Okay, Jeez. fantastic. By marriage or blood. We'll mm -hmm. talk about it later on in the, uh, the season when the prostitution horror stuff comes out. Okay, so the, the the next show we had to talk about is one I hate that I don't know more about because I, so I I never didn't like it and I love Jason Lee Scientology mm -hmm. leanings and all, mm -hmm. but my name is Earl concludes. I Such think a charming fun show. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I really yeah, have. Everybody a lot on of it was really it. funny. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, including uh, Jamie Presley, who I just love. Yeah, and I only Jamie saw Presley her... was great on that. She mm -hmm. was so good, Ethan Supley. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and awesome. um. Uh, I, I only I only thought about it because I was rewatching Arrested Development, and there was that Judge Reinhold Judge Show <laughs> mock trial with Judge Reinhold, <laughs> and they opened a magazine. There was an advertisement like "I'm Judge," and that was a joke because yeah. Entertainment Weekly they haven't done this again. Put little LCD screens in every issue of Entertainment Weekly that had a 
Yes, like a little TV in every Mac. What? It's like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is going to be the future. And everyone's going to do this. Like, oh, my God, I can't imagine how much money NBC spent on this promotion. This show only lasted five seasons. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> they put little tiny televisions in every magazine and newsstand. That's great. Uh, but it, how did, yep. the, did we remember? How, did anybody know the show ends? I, honestly, I never I did not watch the finale. It was kind of a show yeah. I would catch in between. The other Thursday night shows that I was way more into. He was trying to mm-hmm. karmically fix his life, exactly. Right? And so he's like going back and trying to uh, right wrongs, okay. yeah, that he had done through his life and yeah. non-time traveling redneck quantum leap. It's, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, it was pretty. It was really cute. So, but if anyone mm-hmm. out there has a lot of love for the finale and can explain how they ended this mm-hmm. series, that would be interesting for us to know. Okay. I unfortunately could not get around to looking into that. Okay. Yeah. M- meanwhile, in in New York, it's like a murderer's row of guest stars. Uh, <laughs> TV show shot there. Thirty Rock, Kidney Now. This was brought up as uh, something we missed in our charity songs laser time. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But yeah, Jack's father, played by Alan Alda, needs a kidney, and Jack cannot give one to him, so they put together a little charity tribute, and the people they get for it is astounding. Yeah. Do they, or they, is it? I don't know. They're, they all seem to be friends. So. Are we going to hear about it in the clip, or should we introduce it now? Oh, the clip? Yeah. We'll play a little bit of the song. Sometimes life brings pain and strife, and all seems wrong. That is when you find a friend and write a song. So give the gift of giving, give it far and give it wide. Take the leap, reach down deep inside. And just give a kidney (laughs) to a father or a dad. Just give a kidney. You might not hear Clay Aiken duet with Elvis Costello again. So yeah, I think that's uh, could once be the in a lifetime. Time. But uh, Clay Aiken, Elvis Costello, Mary J. Blige, Cheryl Crow, the Beastie Boys. Did we already, we already lost uh, MCA? I can't remember. Mm. Steve Earle, uh, Adam Adam Levine, Sarah Bareilles, uh, Wyclef Jean, Nora Jones, Talib Kweli, Michael McDonald, Rhett Miller, Moby, Robert Randolph, Rachel Yamagata, and Cindy Lauper all appear in this 30 Rock episode. <laughs> Fuck yeah. me. I, I, so part of me feels like, did I just not get every celebrity appearance on television back in the day? Or are we really living in this time where like anybody will just come on anybody's show and play around? Yeah, We're just, I think so. I think, oh, we have to be living in a more well, fun time. Especially musicians want to be seen as having That's a sense true. of humor. Mm. I don't love the Maroon Five guy, but he is always willing to like make fun of himself it's and true. like be a part, be a butt of a joke, sing something silly in mm. everything all the time. I, so I, real, I know more of that yeah. shit than I do is real music. Yeah, I have a real love hate with the Maroon Five guy because yeah. he's yeah, exactly. Because because their actual music hurts. Uh, the first album is fantastic. <laughs> Songs about Jane is excellent, but yes, I don't know. I'll, I'll put him against Hoobastank any day. Okay. Any- <laughs> <laughs> fight, 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 fight. I will throw this white wine at you. <laughs> I didn't podcast to make friends. I I, I can't give a laxative. We'll read. It's, it's the Jersey Housewives in their first. Let's not season. get into that. 
<laughs> and uh, speaking of rest development, uh, I associated with that forever, Prison Break. My personal protest when Fox canceled the rest of development, they put Prison Break at its time slot. And I remember telling Sarah's ex at the time, like, you should see Prison Break, man. Like, no, never. I will never see this because of what they did to rest development. That's I will never watch the show. Yeah. And I never mm. did. Uh, is this the finale or the resurrected finale? I'm confused now. I think now. this is the finale finale. I think so. The first finale. Right. They tried to they tried to bring it back uh, mm-hmm. Will and Grace style at some point. It mm-hmm. didn't work for anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think they might still be talking about it. I mean, I don't they know. They did. It's, they did it for a season. It's, it's been done. It's tough because it's like it, it's, it hit the problem. Like after Lost hit, we've got all these serialized shows where you have to watch every episode and it's an ongoing story. But so many of them, it's like, but then at some point they're going to accomplish the thing and mm-hmm. you have to figure out right. what to do next. And this is like example A of that problem of, mm-hmm. well, eventually they're breaking out. It's like, it's, 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 it go? feels like, it feels like a bunch of George Costanza's went into pitch shows and like, all right, <laughs> all right, now you're the military chef. Oh God, Jerry, I lied about being the chef and now I'm the chef. I have to, <laughs> I have to do it forever. And, and again, I only remember the premise of this because of Rest of Development. Well, there's an episode called Prison Break where, uh, where they try and go in and get dad and they tattoo the, I was gonna say, yeah, the escape plan yeah, on him and there's this scene that looked like Will seat. Arnett and Jason Bateman 69ing with their shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the only reason I know that. Um, and shit, this is really strange because um, I, don't, I don't know enough about Mad TV, but I'm led to believe that was always part of its problem. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't know, I, I never like hold it all off as a sketch show I love, but I don't hate much about it either. Other than their reoccurring characters, I don't <laughs> don't really care for any it of them. Seems like it's a, probably a big part of it. Yeah, but there's other sketches on there that I think are like bona fide classics. The guy who can make his farts smell like uh, different household objects, mm-hmm. but he has to bend his he has to do back bends to make sweet smells. That's a funny sketch. Uh, some of their parodies, like Sex Toy Story, not a fan, mm. or Gum mm. Fiction, but it's <laughs> the mm. thing they all did. But they were right. trying to distinguish Pax themselves. Sopra- Sopranos on Pax is like one of the best yeah. sketches. It's a really That's good really sketch. Good. Will Sasso's amazing. Mm-hmm. So is uh, Key and Peele, Bobby Lee, and uh, Artie Lang. They all got mm-hmm. their start on Mad TV. And it's just weird because it seemed to be set up as another Saturday Night Institution. It, if you make it yeah. 14 seasons, why cancel it? Mm-hmm. And I, I went back and read a couple articles like the producers were shopping it around. Like, no, no, this is the end of the Fox era of Mad TV. And I think the CW tried to kick it off again somewhat recently and mm-hmm. didn't didn't yes. totally succeed. It was weird to see that, like, we're going to do a Mad TV reunion. I'm like, I'm okay with this. Is that really, have you read the room of the world? And is that right. something people care about? And it was. Like, I remember when Comedy Central lost SNL reruns, which SNL reruns were the backbone of Comedy Central for about 15 mm-hmm. years. And mm. it was wall to wall, like six, seven times a day. You'd see SNL reruns, and I was fat and happy in terms of sketch comedy with kids in the hall in between. So, if a kid grew up on that diet of Mad TV, of course they like Mad TV as much as I like SNL, mm. and they did because that's what Comedy Central replaced it with. It was played all over, syndicated everywhere, and I wasn't watching it on Saturday night because if I was watching one comedy show, it wouldn't be Mad TV. Being a lifelong Mad Magazine reader, I don't even know how either of them are related at this point. Uh, but it's not. it has its last show and it's just sort of sad because I I don't I don't feel like a, everybody should have a competitor. Mm-hmm. People's yeah. complaints about the WWE is because like there's no other company. That's a very free market of you. It, it, well, it, it <laughs> always makes everybody better and like I don't know like and, and they all had good moments and like there should be 
I love SNL so much. I wish another one existed. Mm-hmm. I, I almost wish I could like root for a uh, root against SNL so the other ones succeed because some of their shit's getting a little tired this season. Mm. Uh, but mm. <laughs> Mad TV concludes after 14 fucking years in 2009 yeah. with a uh, host Fred Willard, a bunch of the cast members come back. I tried to find a funny clip because Mad TV wasn't like SNL in that it wasn't totally timely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it wasn't based on a rip from the headlines news. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. they, in, in this sketch, it's got Keegan-Michael Key in it, playing not Luther, but Obama. And I like totally didn't know he did, <laughs> he, did he played Obama that. ever. And uh, But that like, Oprah became like a character on Mad TV. It didn't matter if she had been in the news, they would just make fun of Oprah. Or Will Sasso <laughs> would make fun of Kenny Rogers. <laughs> like, no, like no reason and like it, that, that's perfectly fun yeah it, it, it made it a unique comedy show but uh oprah starts to get a big head and freaks out and obama has to come out and it, this oh, makes me made me laugh oprah you, you need to settle down okay now look i bought you the presidency as one of my as one of oprah's as one of oprah's favorite things <laughs> and i can take it away and have you destroyed i can destroy okay. I can. Uh, uh you understand that it is illegal to threaten the president Okay. Take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> they dart Oprah on national television. I don't know. I love that Obama That's went to fun. shield Fred Willard. Yeah, like that. yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's very visual, but it made me giggle. But it brought back a bunch of former cast members that you can see on stage, mm-hmm. and they all say goodbye on behalf of the show. <laughs> However, it was weird on that exact same night. Uh, Will Ferrell is hosting SNL, and Artie Lang made an appearance there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so there's this sketch that I was, it's not even really a sketch, it's, it's kind of a sketch. very, because Sarah and I both were big fans of, have you seen, Diana, have you seen the John Mulaney sketch, uh, Diner Lobster? The Les Miserables? No. It's, oh, it's just Pete MG. Davidson coming into a shitty Greek diner and deciding to order the lobster, and then it just goes in this giant parody of Les Mis. I was <laughs> crying. Okay. I was laughing so hard. It was a, it, It's amazing. They made a sequel this year called Bodega Bathroom. Yes, they, excellent. <laughs> parodying a bunch of musicals that I barely know anything. I don't know anything about Les Mis. I mm-hmm. knew Cats and Willy Wonka, which... But this is, if you like those, they apparently did it in 09, 10 years ago. Sort of, yeah. It seemed very similar to me, just not, it's not as elaborate and about the situation. Right. And we, I worked so hard to try to find this uh, sketch to play it, but honestly, it wouldn't play well anyways. Right. So it's basically Will Ferrell with some other cast members talking about their vacation. It's Daryl Hammond's last show. Oh, yeah. And in the last sketch, he's sitting next to Keenan Thompson, Mm -hmm. who I think at this point is unseated Daryl Hammond as the longest running cast member. Mm. And uh, Bill Hader. And they're talking about like where they're going on vacation. And someone mentions that they want to go to Southeast Asia and go to Vietnam. And they turn to Will Ferrell and it's like, oh, you went to Vietnam. What was it like? And then and the he, helicopter sounds. He launches into "Goodnight Saigon." Good night, from Miss Saigon, I'm guessing. No, it's a Billy Joel song. Oh, is it? Yes. I have no idea. See, I thought it was a yeah. musical. It so, is one of my favorites, and it's so good. And he just launches into singing it, and then slowly he's being joined by. So what's confusing for me is I'm a big SNL nerd. Yeah. So Daryl Hammond, Keenan Thompson, Bill Hader, and Will Ferrell are already on stage. I'm already confused as to what year it is, mm-hmm. and then they just don't stop. Yeah. So in the background playing in the band is Andy Samberg, Will Forte, Jason Sudeikis, Seth Meyers on the flute. Yes. <laughs> Fred Kate, Armisen on drums. Casey Wilson, Kristen Wiig. Uh, um, Who's the woman uh, you mentioned that was on the show for one season? I forgot her name. It's her last show, too. Yeah. She's 
in everything now, and I cannot think of her name Ma- now. Michaela Michelle. Oh, uh, Michaela Watkins. Yes, Michaela Watkins. Oh. Um, and then he's joined on stage with Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph. I'm like, are they still there? I, were they on the I don't sh- think so. show at the same time? I can't even remember no. anymore. And then they're joined by Tom Hanks, Anne Hathaway, Paul Rudd, Norm Macdonald, <laughs> and Artie Lang, and uh, Elizabeth Moss, <laughs> and Elizabeth Moss, who's just there because she's Fred Armisen's girlfriend at the point. So it time. is, <laughs> it is literally the most celebrities I've ever seen on stage for anything SNL has ever done. Yeah, and I've never heard anybody talk about and it. And they're all like fake playing different instruments except for Fred Armisen who's actually playing the drums because he can play the drums. You can't hide that. And Amy Poehler's playing the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks is on sax and Anne Hathaway is on guitar. Yeah. Paul Rudd on violin. It's so weird. It's it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of like when um, uh, Kate McKinnon did Hallelujah yeah. as uh, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton. You're just like, what am I watching? It's, it's giving me a feeling, it but I don't know what it is. A little maudlin. The guys are like, did he pay his check? Is are we? Are yeah. we did, it's did he go to Vietnam on vacation? Right. And Good Night Saigon <laughs> is about like the Vietnam War and like you know it's a very sad song oh, and, and, and very. Green intense. Day is also there. Oh, and Green Day shows up too. <laughs> yeah. So they are actually playing their instruments. Too, yes, I Green guess. Day is also there. They're the musical guests though, so it barely counts. It's so weird and it's so good. And Artie Lang is there. On the same night, he hit the show we associate with him to to be with Norm, his buddy. Oh, yeah. Norm MacDonald. Yeah. Uh, Yes, whom I love. We did a whole laser time about him. But that is that that weird SNL episode. I don't know of another fun sketch that came from that, but it did have a lot of... Has a good Celebrity Jeopardy sketch. Harry Carey comes back. He does a lot of his old characters. Mm-hmm. I could not find it. Well, it's easily. it's one of those things with SNL when they do a song based sketch, especially if they did one before like the streaming era, it's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. They didn't negotiate the rights; that you won't get it. But uh, I have secret ways, so I was able to show it to you. <laughs> and I will forever be grateful. Uh, but moving into video games of 2009, that's where we are, right? Mm-hmm. May 10th through the 6th, um, holy shit, Resident Evil comes to iOS. I've never played Resident Evil Degenerations. Battle Stations Pacific, Garfield gets real. Who could forget? Uh, for Wii, there's a lot of terrible Wii games with Garfield in them. Um, but the one, <laughs> me and Diana's husband will never forget, would have to be a Leisure Suit Larry box office bust, where a company... Oh, God. Gross. company decided yep. to like really put resources behind this basically like 69 joke the game and to make it into this open world thing with a ton of celebrity voice actors and it even like curbed its raunchy style a little bit i know david tell plays a studio executive that made me laugh but like the rest of it is like it is so fucking bizarre we streamed it one time on youtube.com slash laser time if i remember i'll put it in, uh, beneath the article but the, only, the the best game that probably came out was um zen pinball a game i really really like um and you can still play uh, really, really good. And that about wraps up 30 2010. But not entirely, because uh, your feedback is immensely important to what we do. And we love doing shows where you guys get to chime in on some of the stuff we missed, such as, I don't know, my, my name is Earl Finale. What did, what did you think of Atomic Train? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, J.R. Rawls, let me know. Can someone re-explain Angels and Demons to me? <laughs> yes. are, we, are we wrong about Angels and Demons? We're just not seeing it through the right lens. You can let us know, uh, and then we do a show just for the Laser Time patrons at patreon.com slash laser time, uh, where each week you get an exclusive bonus show, over 100 movie commentaries, and I believe we're going to reinstitute the Monday Night Movie very soon. Yes. That's what we're mm-hmm. promising to do, where we watch movies with our patrons, and you can get audio and video commentary of us doing uh, that. And it's it's a super fun way to gear yourself up for either a new movie or something weird we usually talk about here and mm-hmm. would like to rediscover together. 
Uh, and that's exclusively for our patrons of the $5 level, level patreon.com slash laser time. Benefits this show, Video Game Apocalypse, uh, and anything else we might do. And, and we, can't, we can't tell you how much we appreciate everybody over there. So thank you guys so much. Uh, Diana, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me online uh, on the Twitter at listeningerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or uh, follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. Tease what's coming up. And oh, oh, Lord, Lord, uh, another another week or two. Another week or two, guys. Uh, prepare yourselves for Ooh. 1999. Yeah, Ooh, it's going to get real. I'm pretty sure I know what this it's, is. It's going to get really real. Mm-hmm. <sighs> are, are, am I going to have to learn rules? <laughs> what? What are we sighing about? See, now I don't know. Now I think I... Darth Maul goes down like a bitch! (laughs) Sounds like somebody hasn't seen Solo. Uh, Someone... (laughs) uh, I'm I'm working out my issues now by writing a list of all of my complaints because I don't want to just complain about the content of a movie. I want to go back to the time and talk about what it was like at the time. Mm -hmm. Instead of just complaining about how there's no main character and oh god what's wrong with this dialogue what is Charger doing here why is he so racist <laughs> uh, I saw him twice on Star Tours uh, oh yeah uh, <gasps> okay mm. yeah, it's, it's like it's so pull it together Goodman it's I swear it. I find it hack cliche boring to shit on the Phantom Menace and then we tried to watch them live with people, and I got so fucking mad, so mad. I'm not like I'm not yep. like Star Wars is Shepard, but like this is ungodly. Mm. This is so yep. fucking irritating. <laughs> I can't believe this is how long does this Ooh. go on? Two and a half hours. Fuck! We're so mad. Get ah, uh, get limpered up. Stay frosty, All kids. Right. That's why I have to give people two weeks warning. Because yeah. I yeah, I will. Like, maybe that should be that. Now, we already did, we, we did a commentary for that. You can probably find on patreon.com slash lasertime or a la carte at uh, lasertime.bandcamp.com. Uh, Diana, who be did? Uh, we only got one death this week, but it's it's Good. a bummer. Uh, 1999, we lost Shel Silverstein. Shel Silverstein Man. was very important to me growing up. He's part He's of only the... 68. And yeah, I Almost really hope nice. kids still read Where the Sidewalk Ends or The Missing mm-hmm. Piece or Light in the Attic. I love all those books. You do The Giving Tree? Is that him? Yeah. The Giving Tree will make you sob. Mm-hmm. I still remember Every my fucking time. This helped me learn to read, like the visual mm-hmm. aspect yeah. of it. And yeah. um, I, I was obsessed with these things as like a kindergartner, a first grader. I remember my favorite poem mm-hmm. verbatim. Uh, mm-hmm. There are too many kids in this tub. <clears throat> there are too many kids in this tub. There are too many elbows to scrub. I just washed it behind that I'm sure it wasn't mine. There are too many kids in this tub. Uh, I thought that was the funniest thing I had ever <laughs> fucking heard. And it was given to me by an adult. It was. <laughs> well, and Shell Servicing was so dark, too. Yeah. Like, I had his yeah. ABC book. I don't know if you ever saw that, but there was like, I think one of them was like, K is for kidnapper and it was like this scary guy <laughs> with like a knife with like blood dripping from it and I, I had to skip over that page as a kid like because oh. it scared me too bad. I, I think that you mentioned it there's a kind of a lot of parallel in like something like Calvin and Hobbes like something mm-hmm. that's really vivid visually but like can be mm, con- that's instantly appealing but also can be morose and self-reflective yeah. in ways that I didn't even understand I was enduring as a kid. Yeah. A uh, lot of Shel Sir- Silverstein stuff is uh Merged in my mind with uh, Edward Gorey. 
paintings mm. and drawings because mm. it's still it feels yeah. the same it's like whimsical yet menacing in a way kind of makes me feel anxious but i also really like looking yeah. at it yeah, you yeah. With, you also with... wrote a whole bunch of really good songs man boy named sue wait what that song fucking rules but yeah he, wrote he, songs? he was also a songwriter no idea wow. no yeah idea. he wrote a boy named sue cover of rolling stone uh 25 minutes to go i think that's him yeah no shit no idea mm-hmm yeah, he wrote a whole bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the one? Ballad of Lucy Jordan. That's it. I remember uh, hearing the Marianne Faithful version of that. That's really good. Uh, he's, he was definitely one of the, he was the, like the first author after Dr. Seuss that I knew the name of. Mm-hmm. So it was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Still, still <sighs> couldn't tell so you that's the. That's a loss. Yeah. I hope the kids still, still read that stuff because it's so fun. I think it's pretty timeless. Like, mm-hmm. as long as yeah. you're talking about a treehouse and fucking dirt, like, uh, kids, will, <laughs> kids will dig it. But Birthday. now that we have deaths out of the way. Should we talk about birthdays? Birthday. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. All right. So for the birthday quiz this week, happy 50th birthday to a two-time Oscar winner born May 14th, 1969 in Ivanhoe, Victoria, Australia. Nice. Very nice. Uh, she's, she's also an activist for the environment, feminism, and supporting live theater, including as artistic director of the Sydney Theater Company. Um... This won't help, but it turned, I did not know that she's half American. Her dad was a Texan in the Navy and then met his mom on in Australia and moved there to be together. Well, it's not Beatle. Tony Collette. Nope. Good no. so. She can win any Oscars. She should. Uh, she should. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, she made her film debut in Paradise Road, which we've talked about. Other movies of hers we've talked about. Uh, Oscar and Lucinda. Uh, no. Washington, we just talked about. Uh, not Emily Moore. No, she's English. No, I'm not there. Kate Blanchett. Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Kate Blanchett, there it is. Kate Blanchett. There you go. Oh, thank God I remembered she Ooh. played Bob Dylan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. It was coming to me, and I was like, oh, forgot and about she's that. She's fucking great. She's the she's, best. She played Bob Dylan as she played Catherine Hepburn. And man, when mm. we're watching The Aviator, and I'm just I'm a huge Catherine Hepburn fan. Mm-hmm. She comes on and she starts being very Catherine Hepburn. My husband literally leaned to me and was like. Is this accurate? <laughs> it's incredibly accurate. I would have I would have leaned over and said, do you, do you need to go to the bathroom? I'm like, this is a little much. Should we pause this, this for is, you? Yeah. yeah. No, he's like, I said, it's incredibly accurate. And he was like, I get why you like her. And I was like, Yay! Which she's, one? Both. Both? She's, she's the only good thing about that movie, Agreed. which I cannot stand. Agreed. No. no. There's other good things. She's the best thing. And for you kids, uh, you saw her pop up recently in uh, Avengers Endgame. That's a different kind of spoiler. <laughs> but she was in Thor Ragnarok. Mm. She's in Thor Ragnarok? She's, yeah, she's a sister. Uh, we also talked about Obviously Benjamin Button Elizabeth and Elizabeth, which mm-hmm. I still think she was robbed for, mm-hmm. for that other Oscar mm-hmm. man. That's What What did she sorry, win for? Sorry, Gwyneth, but she's better than you. I don't say that to Pepper Potts. She died in the latest movie, and we're all still sad. Again, my famous ending spoilers. Possible spoiler. Um, uh, She won for The Aviator and she won for Blue Jasmine. Oh, yeah, Blue Jasmine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still giving Oscars up for Woody Allen movies. Mm. (laughs) When you're acting that good, yes, they are. Uh, I was going to throw in a quote. I decided not to. But there's a quote um, from her run as Blanche Dubois in Streetcar Named Desire where no less than Meryl Streep said, I thought I knew this play. I thought I knew this role. She has reinvented it for me. Yeah, like, I, oh fuck! Wow, wow, wow! I think she's uh, yeah, maybe not underrated, but like, we should 
probably talk more about Blanchett like we do about Meryl Streep because I don't know like yes I, I've seen yeah. her in movies where like wait that was her mm-hmm. or or like yeah. and then I see her in another movie and like how old is she mm-hmm. what the fuck <laughs> what she's been around for like thirty years and still looks the same and she scared the shit out of me in Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep. So damn. happy fiftieth birthday, Cat Blanchett. You're rad. Yeah. I don't know. Now, I'm, what do I watch? Life Aquatic <laughs> or The Prestige? This show inspires me. Oh. Hopefully, it inspires you. Yeah. Hopefully, you become a patron at Patreon.com/slashlasers, and we're giving out executive producer credits to folks just like you. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out. That's how you support us all. We should have a comment show for you. A listener strike back episode coming to you uh, next week. Sorry about the delay on that. We try and get it out at the beginning of the month. But again, uh, my back can't move. And <laughs> being on shows mm. and editing has started to hurt. Uh, yeah, but let's take ourselves out. Until next week, we will close out with 21st Century Breakdown by Green Day. Uh, off, wait, no, you're, no, your enemy off of 20th century, 21st Century Breakdown. Obviously, they're promoting an album on SNL. So I'm guessing that yep. came out this week. Uh, so yeah stick around people tell a friend and uh, be sure to come back next week because it's it's going to get even sillier uh, and the movies are about to get even crazier because the summer is almost here mm-hmm. and I'm back